itchy and scratchy cartoon kids? Well, we've got another one coming right up. But first, I got a hankering for some pork products. Mmm, look. Plump, succulent sausage, honey smoked bacon, and glistening, sizzling. I guess that's how we're starting. <laughs> so we are up to episode 12 of 13 of season one of The Simpsons, which brings us to the episode Krusty Gets Busted. This originally aired on April 29th, 1990, according to the book. And it is written by Jake Hogan and Wally Walidarski, two guys that will be instrumental in the tone and the jokes that The Simpsons will tell and, and the screen writing that the simpsons will will start with they would even say of course as we always say that the writer's room writes the episode but the script guys you know they come up with the first thing it is directed by brad bird and i don't recall if we've talked about brad bird previously so to give you a little bit of information about brad bird because he is really a factor in the look of the simpsons and the animation of the simpsons mm -hmm. uh, up there with david silverman who directed all of these Simpsons episodes. Brad Bird, you may know as the director of The Iron Giant, The Incredibles, The Incredibles 2, Ratatouille, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, Tomorrowland. He's helped develop a lot of stuff for Pixar. Basically a wunderkind, or was a wunderkind at this time. So he was born in Montana. His grandfather owned an oil company in Montana. And he was always into animation. And he got to tour Disneyland or mm -hmm. Disney Studios when he was a kid and kind of met one of met one of like these old Disney guys named Milt Call, who's just one of these old uh, people responsible for like Disney's birth. Basically, like Snow White and Seven Dwarfs and all of like these animation styles. But okay. he, he basically became like this apprentice to Disney. Like the people at Disney thought that he was going to be like their ticket to the future. He was the future of animation. Interesting. There yeah. you go. He uh, went to California Institute of Arts when he went to college. He got a scholar. He was awarded a scholarship by Disney to go there. Jeez. He met John Lasseter there. John Lasseter, we'll talk about him and and his problematic ways and also all the, the, the stuff that he made when we get to some of the Pixar stuff because he co-founded it and he also met Tim Burton there so Brad Bird knew some people right and he worked on a lot of things for Disney in the 80s but he ended up kind of moving on <clears throat> to do some other stuff he worked on a worked on a show called Family Dog I have no idea what this is. Family Dog. It sounds like something that would be a spinoff of Family Guy, like Brian's spinoff is going to be called Family Dog. But yeah, right. Apparently it's a thing. All right. But he joined Klasky Chupo, who, is the, who was doing the animation for The Simpsons in their first few seasons, and he helped develop the shorts. He was considered a consultant. So he's this wonder of animation that was consulting on how to do animation for The Simpsons. And then, of course, he would do some things for The Critic and King of the Hill and Rugrats, and, and it all led to him doing The Iron Giant, which we'll 
add to the list and do one day, of course. But he directed this episode, Krusty Gets Busted. This episode also the first ro speaking role for Sideshow Bob, who is voiced by Kelsey Grammer. Fraser Crane is obviously the role that he's done. He, I wonder if he's done Sideshow Bob now longer than he did Fraser Crane. Because he did Fraser oh, Crane on Cheers and Fraser for like 20 years. But like, hmm. Sideshow Bob is been here since season one so that, yep. he's probably done that longer probably but i probably doesn't have as quite as many episodes maybe oh i would yes that is that is definitely true that would have to be impossible <laughs> because i mean he, he shows up once a season maybe for the first eight seasons or so yeah, kind of then, i mean he had 20 years of playing night fraser crane it, yeah exactly so this episode, uh, Lisa, I almost called you Lisa. Rachel, oh, Lisa what is now? little what Lisa? What is the what is the summary of Krusty gets busted? <laughs> Krusty the clown gets convicted of armed robbery. Yes, yeah. yeah, he he is a clown robber. He, what? He is an armed robber and a clown. <laughs> yes, Krusty the clown oh, is sure. a armed robbery or, or armed. Oh my god, I can't talk today. Krusty the Clown is a clown and a robber, and he gets uh, busted at the Quickie Mart and is sentenced to jail. And Bart and Lisa, they investigate this crime, and they don't believe that he did it, or, you know, that there's something fishy about the whole thing, and we kind of get to see all the antics along the way. It's our first episode where we get to see Bart and Lisa solving a problem. Yes. Which they, they go back to, they go down that road a few times. Mm -hmm. And it's the first quote-unquote mystery of The Simpsons. It which is. is usually how they, they would do that with Sideshow Bob a few times, or, or at least try to like make it like, how, how is, is Sideshow Bob getting away with this, or stuff yeah. like that. So the gags to start the episode, the chalk gag is, they are laughing at me, not with me. Uh, which is always true in my case. <laughs> and the couch gag is, this is the one where they squeeze and uh, Maggie gets popped up in the air and Marge catches her. Yep. More popping and squeezing. Popping and squeezing. Popping. Kissing and hugging. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Well, well now, now we have to cut that out because we, we sung too many lines. DMCA. That, maybe that's in the public Beep. domain. I don't know. <laughs> So, so in the commentary, Bradward, Brad Bird was quick to point out that each act in this starts with one of the fate starts with a face. It's a close up of a face. So that first, the first act starts with Krusty's face. The second act starts with Krusty's face behind bars, and the third act starts with Sideshow Bob's face. So the the episode starts with Krusty's face, and it's more or less the That's introduction of how the Krusty show works. Mm -hmm. And in these early years, the Krusty show works like a clown's show for kids. It would be anything and everything as the, as the show goes on, but it starts as a clown show. Krusty the Clown, also referenced in the commentary, is based on a clown that Matt Groening grew up watching. Like, it would be like a... Different cities have local Bozo clowns. Bozo the Clown. Bozo the Clown, the most famous, obviously. <laughs> What do you mean you don't know Bozo the Clown? Kind of a name is Eric for a clown. <laughs> but, but in in Portland, Oregon, it was Rusty Nails. So Rusty Nails was the clown. So Krusty, I guess, that is sounds based creepy. off of Rusty Nails. Rusty yeah, Nails sounds like a creepy clown. Well, like in some horror movie. Well, and apparently he was like a Christian clown. Like he would talk Bible stuff. Interesting. I don't know. 
Okay. But Brad Bird also knew this clown growing up in Montana because, you know, these clowns are regional. Or they can be. So Rusty Nails. There you go. It starts with Krusty giving them his trademark, Who do you love? Krusty! How much do you love me? With all our hearts! And what do you do if I went off the air? We'd kill ourselves! (laughs) (laughs) And that... that Oh, it's so uh, awful. It's so awful. But it's so funny that, like... (sighs) And obviously another, like, how, like he's programmed these kids to say this, you know, so that he has the security. So, uh, you know, folks at home, same thing. If Shelf Life ever leaves... No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> Who do you love? Shelf Life! <laughs> how much do you love us? <laughs> so Bart and Lisa and Maggie are watching Krusty, and we get a couple of different Krusty the Clown segments. One of which is, it's uh, somebody's birthday. And she gets to decide between getting a special birthday song from Krusty or seeing Sideshow Bob get shot out of a cannon. (laughs) And uh, it becomes clear that Sideshow Bob is not allowed to talk. He has to talk with his slide whistle. Right. And the kids, of course. I wish I had one. I would do it right now. (laughs) And the kids, of course, always pick shooting Sideshow Bob out of a cannon. Because why wouldn't you? I mean, that is more exciting than Krusty singing with his lovely voice. Hey, hey! (laughs) Oh, that was good. That Uh, was very good. Krusty does have the uh, hilarious... Ugh! You're doing a good job. That's perfect. That's my favorite, like, Krustyism is when he just kind of groans. Yes. (laughs) Played by Dan Castellaneta is Krusty the Clown. So the voice of Homer is the voice of Krusty. So he goes to shoot Bob out of the cannon... Bob, of course, doesn't really get shot out of the cannon as much as the cannon just kind of explodes. <laughs> and then he just kind of falls, falls out. Yeah. yeah. So this is probably happening to him every single day. Oh, I would imagine. Uh, Absolutely. They're going to want a kid's birthday every time. And uh, we also get the introduction of Itchy and Scratchy to the show. Um, it was on the shorts, but the introduction to Itchy and Scratchy. Their theme song, written by Sam Simon, is as follows. They fight, they bite, they bite and fight and bite. Fight, fight, fight. Fight, fight, fight. fight, 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 fight. The, the Itchy, itchy and, scratchy. and Scratchy show. Show. <laughs> I would. Because it's a song. Yeah, I don't know. That's why I said it like a poem. I know. I remember when we were doing that with like all of the kids' stuff, like um, Roly Poly Oli. He's he's small and short and round. Yeah, but when you when you say it out loud, it sounds like you're rapping. He's really poly only. He's small and short and round. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god, it's great. That one's my favorite to say that one out loud because it just sounds like yeah, because it sounds like a rap. Makes it really cool. I kind of want somebody to take it and turn it into a rap. Take the Rolly Polly theme and wrap it. Yes. There you go. There you go, kids. There's your <laughs> challenge. As laid out on Shelf Life. Turn Rolly Polly's theme song into a rap. In this episode of Itchy and Scratchy, Itchy lights Scratchy on fire. That's all I kind of got out of it. I, it was a pretty simplistic episode of Itchy and Scratchy. It, it was, was the first yeah. one. Marge walks in and, and is kind of upset that they're watching such bad cartoons. And we get a meta moment because Lisa says, if cartoons were meant for adults, 
they'd be on in prime time, which of course is The Simpsons on prime time. Exactly. So they continue to watch the show. Marge goes and calls Homer uh, at work to tell him to stop at the Quickie Mart, bring home some ice cream because Patty and Selma are coming over. I wrote down, it's funny to be the old style. The fuck did I mean by that? (laughs) I have no idea. What does that mean? To be the old style. The old... Oh, because maybe oh. the old style of uh, uh, Salmon... 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 The old style, like the cartoon, the look of it? No, I think I know what I'm getting at. <clears throat> anyway, we get Patty and Selma coming over, and they bring over this old projector. And that, I think, is what I meant by this old style. <laughs> um, it's like a projector like with like a click button. Oh my god, yeah. Literally... You would click it to go to the next slide. Yeah, go to the go next, to the next slide. picture. It's a literal, a literal slideshow. Mm-hmm. So they came over to show them slideshows from their trip to Mexico. So that's established there. In the meantime, Homer is going to the Quickie Mart and he is looking for some chocolate. So he finds chocolate, double chocolate. <laughs> Triple chocolate. And even in the commentary, Macarining says, like, the triple chocolate was supposed to be a joke, but, like, triple chocolate's a thing now. And it's like, delicious. Yeah. But it just goes to show, like, how ridiculous we get. That's a joke in the Simpsons world. Mm-hmm. Stupid, like, triple chocolate. Like, what's the difference? But, like, now it's like, yeah, triple chocolate's a thing. Oh, it's, like, like yeah, the best, I... though, too. Because it's like you put three different types of chocolate into a thing. Is that what it means? Typically. Hmm. I so like, just tripled so the like chocolate. the ice cream's chocolate. Then there's like chocolate chunks in there, and then it's got like got like the chocolate pieces, and so triple chocolate. What's the difference between a chocolate chunk and a chocolate piece? I would imagine that it's like a different. Well, I okay. <laughs> so we get the moose tracks, and the moose tracks has mm. the like the chocolate butter cups, right? But we get the chocolate moose mm. tracks. So the ice cream is also chocolate, but then there's also chocolate thick pieces of chocolate in it. It's not just like mixed in all the way. So you get like nice chunks of chocolate and then you get the chocolate peanut butter cup and then you get the chocolate ice cream. Triple chocolate. It's a chocolate ice cream. <laughs> chocolate-tastic. It's chocolate-tastic is what it is. It's one what of the main that? food groups. Chocolate-tastic. chocolate-tastic. From the episode where Homer gets really fat. Oh, jeez. Which will be a main event. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is that the Moo one, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't want to look like a weirdo. Give me the Moo Moo. <laughs> I do appreciate you breaking down the chocolate, though. That was essential for me because <laughs> I really didn't know. At least I, that's how I'm, I see it. Hey, it may, I, I might be wrong, but that's that's how I always see triple chocolate. It usually means that there's a lot of chocolate in it, yes, but usually it's kind of like pieces of chocolate as well. It's just wonderful. So Homer takes the ship triple chocolate. <laughs> Not even a so anyway on that one. So Homer takes the triple chocolate to the counter and Apu tells him that he looks more looks more uh, downtrodden than usual. Mm-hmm. And that's because, uh, and Homer tells him, well, that's because my sisters-in-law are coming over. Or as he calls them, the gruesome twosome. In the meantime, <laughs> while he's doing this, you see Krusty is there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's got a he's got a bandit mask on. Yes, it's a blatant bandit mask. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, it could be the Lone Ranger, the Winter Soldier. I suppose. Yes, it's very Winter mask. Soldiery. You're right. Yes, Krusty the Clown as the Winter Soldier. Yeah, there you go. He doesn't really. I was gonna work. do a line, a Winter Soldier line. With, he doesn't really talk with much. the Krusty voice, but he doesn't have a lot of lines. <laughs> 
Don't <laughs> hey, hey, don't I'm do Bucky anything Barnes. stupid while I'm gone. <laughs> hey hey, you're taking all the stupid with you. Yeah, the, okay. But he's heating up a burrito in the uh, using the Quickie Mart microwave, and then he's reading a magazine while you're seeing this. But then, right. as Homer and Apu are talking, Homer turns around and steps on Krusty's foot. And right. like the edge of Krusty's foot. Like right, the, like the, like the, the, the clown tip. shoes, because you got to remember he's wearing clown shoes that are long. Yeah, he's, he's dressed up as his clown persona, because as we will find out in future episodes, Krusty never takes the clown outfit off. Ever. I think he does that because he likes getting recognized. Absolutely. He likes to get, like, free stuff. Oh, yeah. For being Krusty the Clown. Without a doubt. But he steps in, and Krusty says, oh, he says... And I don't think I have it written down, but I, I will paraphrase it. He says, ow, you lousy, stupid, clumsy. And then Homer says, like, oh, sorry there, pal, but realizes that Krusty also has a gun. Yep. With him. And Homer, and you probably have to look this up online because it is a great piece of animation. There's a few of those in this episode where he d dives into a display of potato chips <laughs> to hide because cause Homer is a coward. In Homer's defense, I'd do the exact same thing. If I could yeah. dive into potato chips. It's the fight or flight syndrome. Or as I call them, the gruesome twosome. <laughs> Ow, my foot, you lousy, stupid Sorry, pal. <gasps> Hand over all your money in a paper bag. Yes, yes, I know that procedure for armed robbery. I do work in a convenience store, you know. can emerge now from my chips. The opportunity to prove yourself a hero is long gone. <sighs> so as Krusty takes the money and flees, Apu then says to Homer, you can emerge now from my chips. The opportunity to prove yourself a hero is long gone. So it, just a, a great little sequence there. But we get the start of like Krusty robbed the Quickie Mart. It seems like such an odd act that he would rob the Quickie Mart. So then what happens, Homer is basically getting interviewed by the police from mm -hmm. the Quickie Mart because he's asking to make a sketch because he, he saw he saw him. Right. And so he tells the sketch artist everything, and he, he says, like, wait a minute, I know that guy. He's from TV. He's my kid's hero. It's Krusty uh, uh, the Clown, and he names Krusty. Right. So Homer fingers Krusty. They decide that they have to go arrest Krusty. So we get a little bit of Krusty at home. He's making himself a drink. He sprays the little seltzer bottle. Yeah, like the, the, the clown seltzer bottle. Yeah, which is obviously supposed to be a joke. Because he's just always a clown. Right. And then the door is knocked down by the police and they arrest him. They like step on his face. And oh, everything. yeah. Which, as we know now, is standard police procedure, of course. Oh, might have to take but... that one out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it satirically, but yes, I know. you can take that one out. They basically tell him that he's been arrested. So now we get this criminal crusty, which he is then put into a lineup, and they ask Homer to point him out of a lineup. A lineup of clowns, mind <laughs> you. Yes. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, this part's great, because Homer is looking at the clowns, and he can't stop laughing. <laughs> and, he, and, and he says, well, if, if the crime is making me laugh, they're all they're guilty. All... <laughs> and they're all just standing there, and they look so like, they're all sad clowns because they're in this lineup. Right. Um, and Chief Wiggum is there, and he isn't quite stupid yet. Like, he's still just a functioning cop. So he yells at Homer for not 
doing what he's supposed to do because he just keeps chuckling to himself. <laughs> but then he, he does point out and he does finger uh, Krusty in the lineup. And he fingers right. him later, too. Not literally. Well, oh, not, well God, literally. Oh, God, Kevin! Not literally. <laughs> Ew! <laughs> well, I kept saying it. I had to make that reference. Which is like, <laughs> but did you, though? You did didn't. Did you really you didn't. need to make that reference? <laughs> Meanwhile, we get the family going through the slideshow, and it's like supposed to be this boring slideshow where my favorite being, this is a Mexican delicacy known as a taco platter. <laughs> and so they're boring the family. Oh, absolutely. They have pictures of them with, they have a picture of their mailbox when they oh, get yeah. back of all the mail stuff and they have a picture <laughs> of them dropping off the film to be developed. And it's hilarious. How do you have reminded... that? How do they have a picture of them dropping the film off that's in the camera that... Well, of another... So they must have taken a picture <laughs> with another role. Oh, no, film. I assume. I'm just joking. I don't know why they added that to the... It's very the, meta. The, <laughs> to the strip show, but... yeah, The strip show? Uh, what is, what's it called? Slideshow. Slideshow. Slide <laughs> Whatever. I hope Patty and Selma aren't doing a strip show. <laughs> All right, but I could see that being a joke, too, because they always <laughs> have the hairy legs. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. You know what it reminded me of? Is, and this is like an anecdotal thing of our past. Of, we still make fun of, of our dad to this day. Oh, to this he day. he would take, back in the day, because he, he had his camcorder... <laughs> He would get up early in the morning, like while we were on like family vacations, and he would just walk around the area that we were like, like either on a the hotel for. or yeah, yeah, and like but uh, or like a cruise ship or mm-hmm. like whatever, and he wouldn't say anything. He was taking so B roll just... at this point. I mean, he would say nothing. It would just be like ten minutes of him walking around the area. And and it was all in a bid to like one our grandparents would come over to show them this and he would just like narrate it to the like <laughs> I we were the Patty like because of Dad we were the Patty and Selma oh it's true because it was just a film reel of just nothing because <laughs> there because he wouldn't say anything he had no commentary oh it was great. And um, now I take a thousand pictures anywhere I go, so... Yeah, you basically are Patty and Selma now. Shut up. I don't make you look <laughs> at all of them. Wherever you... Whenever whenever the pandemic ends and you go on vacation... Oh, if I you can't can wait. take a picture of a taco platter so that we can yes, do sir, that. Yes, sir. I so will. you can say, like, and this is a Mexican delicacy I will put this on our, our Shelf Life Instagram and Twitter. Hashtag <laughs> Shelf Life. Whenever we get that, yeah. <laughs> Homer gets home, and Homer gets home after the slideshow has finished. And, and I do love where like, he, they're like, you missed the whole slideshow, Homer. And he goes, oh, fantastic. And right. He just, like, keeps talking. Like, <laughs> that's good. But, yeah, that's it's such, like, a nice... Oh, uh, yeah. Of course, Homer is glad that he missed that slideshow. He tells the family that he witnessed the robbery. And Homer... Well, but, yeah, before tell Homer us, tells, like, his side of the story, the TV is on. Right? Or does he turn the TV on? No, I think it cuts in. I think it cuts in or he turns the TV on and it cuts in. And Kent Brockman, uh, uh, well, it's Kent Brockman standing. Scott Christensen. Scott (laughs) Christian. Because this is when they were doing one of their lame jokes of it's Kent Brockman, but he was never there. Which like he's late. He's there later in the episode. So they abandoned it pretty quickly. 
But Scott Christian, he looks like Ted Koppel. He has that news hair. Yeah, he does have you know, newsy hair. News hair. Mm-hmm. The news is basically breaking the story about the robbery. And Homer realizes, split second here, he kind of is like, wait a minute, Bart, who is your hero, Krusty the Clown? And Bart says like, oh yeah, I base my whole life on Krusty's teachings, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's like, it also Homer... makes sense though, yeah. Homer does realize, because he kind of says, like, well, maybe you should go to your room. Or, yeah, like, like, he, like he, walk out of the room for a second here. He knows this is going to hurt Bart. Right, so he like, wants he, to protect him. Yeah, and, and that was nice. Like, the very, you know, you get these little moments of Homer being a real father <laughs> right. compared to his usual cartoonish self. They show the footage, and this footage is impossible 1990 surveillance footage. It has audio on it. Oh, it looks great. It picks up. Homer saying that he he calls Patty and Selma the gruesome twosome. Right. And Patty and Selma are like, oh, so the truth comes out. Like, they're now they have carte blanche to be even ruder to Homer than they usually are. Sure. But, I mean, like, this camera looks beautiful. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, like it would have been... It, it still would look like crap if it was from a real convenience store. <laughs> right. It would be still frame every few seconds. Yep. And it would be blurry as hell. Oh, yeah. And it would, and all that they'd be able to tell is that someone was there. Yep. <laughs> like, it would be very difficult to actually be able to, like, use as evidence. Absolutely. But they use the security footage and they show that Krusty did this. And Bart is devastated because this is his hero. So Marge, Marge is trying to con- console him because this is his, his hero and he can't believe that he would do something wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And, it's 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 um, the old saying: you should never meet your heroes. That's right. We here at Shelf Life believe that there are no such thing as heroes. As Dumbledore puts bl- bluntly in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, I've never had much time for heroes. <laughs> I believe it's personally. I've never had much time for heroes. I think it is. Yeah. My um, God. A lesson for us all. No sacred cows, as the Laps fan would say. Um, because, yeah, never meet your heroes. And Marge tries to console Bart because, I mean, he's a 10-year-old boy. He's upset. Sure. And she tells him, like, well, maybe this, maybe it'll turn out he didn't really do it. Maybe it'll turn out he's innocent. Mm-hmm. And Homer's like, Marge, I was there. It was, it was Krusty. Krusty the Clown. Yeah. And so, uh, again, Homer unwittingly might be steering them wrong by doing what he thinks is right exactly and, and we get that a little bit later too we uh start the second act here oh well i i should mention bart decides to go to bed and if there's this nice like blue light like it's this like it's all in blue and bart is just sad and he's just pulling the crusty bell pull strings and it just keeps saying you're my oh, best yeah. friend yeah that's really yes, sad because he's he feels like he's lost his hero and right. i feel like I feel like this is pretty relatable. I feel like at some point, whether you want to look up to someone or not, whether you're as jaded as I can be and be like, don't look up to anyone or you, everyone does. Everyone looks up to someone or another. And at some point, someone disappoints you, whether that be a football player or an actor or a politician or whatever. Family member. Family member, whoever. And at some point they disappoint. <laughs> and, and it is a very relatable thing to realize someone isn't as they're high human. on the pedestal. Yeah. They're yeah. they're just a human. And humans are horrible. Yeah. So. Uh, that's a good point to quote us on but that we'll one. Get, 
Well, at some point we'll get to the episode of Community where they debate the nature of man, which is a great episode. Yeah. Man is good or is man evil? So the, the next act starts and it is a picture of Krusty behind bars. And we get uh, some background on Krusty. They basically do like this thing where they go through the history of Krusty the Clown to like set up the trial. Mm -hmm. So we get a little of like all this background on Krusty. He was uh, an advocate for child literacy. He would always have like a book of the month thing for like kids to read. He sold pork products, which we don't find out now that he was Jewish. But like in the future, that's a good joke looking back at the past because... He's Jewish and he's selling all these pork products. Right, yes. And we get one of my favorite moments from The Simpsons ever, which is this crusty heart attack. Oh my god. That face. <laughs> um, it, you might be. You have to look this if, up. Oh yeah. If you don't, if you haven't been watching along with us, do watch along with us, but you have to look this up. The faces that he makes in this heart attack, which were animated by Brad Bird, he even mentions it, like he wanted to do this piece of animation, are so great. God, yeah, just look up Krusty the Crown ha Clown heart attack, and then somebody actually has it, like, frame by frame. <laughs> each face that he makes. It's ridiculous. So it turns out that he got a triple bypass and a pacemaker because of this heart attack that he had on air. And then... It shows another clip of him working with Sideshow Bob. Sideshow Bob very slowly and deliberately stiff stuffing a pie into Krusty's face. <laughs> right. But then Krusty just punches him, just knocks him out. Oh, yeah, just like... In retaliation. Mm-hmm. Which he does because clearly he can't take it. He can dish out the punishment, but he can't take the punishment. Yeah. Was my thought on that. I think that is exactly what it is. And then we get this... Out of character, Reverend Lovejoy. And it's a little ridiculous. It's so over the top. Because he's basically doing like this southern preacher. Yes. It's, the, it's, it's, it's an example of what the kids call cancel culture. Because they're canceling Krusty. Ah, uh, yes. Absolutely. And what Lovejoy is calling for all of, you know, if you have items of Krusty the Clown, join me! In a public burning! Yeah, it's That's kind very of it over the it. top. It, it's so not that character. No. It's so weird. It's clearly like this, like, supposed to be this, like, southern preacher kind of talk. It's not really what Reverend Lovejoy is. He's more of, like, that very, like, almost laid-back preacher. Oh, very laid-back, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. he, maybe he, maybe he's he just overly up. excited about this. Maybe he's like, oh my god, I actually get to do something with the town and... <laughs> He just gets very excited and comes out the the old uh, southern preacher in him. Yeah. So every once in a while, this kind of, like, burning stuff happens. I guess this was based off of the Beatles. And, and it would make sense that the writers would remember from their childhood, the cancel culture from their childhood, was preachers saying that the Beatles were evil. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. I don't know what to answer that. Well, there was a point in time when they said that they were bigger than Jesus. I don't know the context around that. So it might have been very banal, but at some point that got said. So then, it, of course, it was, well, you have to burn everything because they said they were bigger than Jesus. I remember as a kid when the Iraq War started, the Dixie Chicks said that they were kind of ashamed of 
George Bush or of Texas or something like that. So then, of course, it was, well, we're going to burn all the Dixie Chicks stuff. I think I remember that one. That, I, I, I remember that one happening mm-hmm. as a kid. It, it happens nowadays even easier because now you don't have to just burn something. Now you can just... You just put it up online. Get rid of get rid of it on the streaming service. It's been with us forever. I kind of wonder what got canceled in like the eighteen hundreds. Like, what did you what would what would you have had to have done? I, I guess it would have had to have been against religion. Like, it would have been well, like, absolutely the side of things canceling you. I don't know. So anyway, part of like the second you said I'm not going to church Sunday, they're probably like, oh burn them at the stake well yeah and yeah, you just burn yeah. the person and not their anything that they've had you know right well or they drown <laughs> that's a witch you, thing to see if you float no no no. Well, that, I... that that's to find a witch <laughs> it's the same thing no it's not is it no <laughs> <laughs> if you float you're a witch then i Was could, I could... You... yeah no yes is it if you float you're a witch if you float you're a witch if you say, because they, they, they tether you with something very heavy, so you'll sink to the bottom. But if you float, oh, you're a witch. Right. Okay. And if, <laughs> if anybody's watched, I think it's Money Python, right? And they do the, well, ducks float. It's a witch. <laughs> There's a yeah, whole thing uh, to that one. It's great. But people are, uh, people are fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of different things they would try to find witches at. But um, I guess you'd cancel a witch. I guess that's part of it as well. Yeah. For all of our Wiccan friends out there, you're welcome to be Oh, absolutely. Here. All of our Wiccan friends, all of our religious friends, everyone oh, yeah. is, has a place at the table. You're going to love this stuff. Everybody um, gets to eat together. It's a, a witch and a yeah, rabbi, we'll, I we'll guess, have, is, yeah. is eating at the exactly. table. It's a, it's some so joke a ready to happen. a witch and a rabbi are listening to a podcast. <laughs> a witch and a rabbi are listening to a podcast. Uh, it's the start of a joke. We'll never, we'll never finish we'll it. We'll finish it, yeah. We'll it's, it's, a Tyrion. Our, we'll, it's a Tyrion. It's a Tyrion. We'll finish that on episode. Oh yeah, that'll be our running gag. A witch and a rabbi. Episodes. A witch and a rabbi are listening to a podcast. <laughs> uh, I don't know how we even fucking got there. So anyway, <laughs> Krusty is then. So it, this all peels out because the part of the gag here is that we'll find out tomorrow when his trial begins. So like he got arrested immediately and now he's like up for trial. And not only is it trial, but it's like you robbed the Quickie Mart. Like it's such like a, it would be like a small potatoes trial, but it's like a big thing because he's a celebrity. Right. You know what this, you know what else this reminded me of? Which is totally out of context because it happens way after this. Okay. And we're very, very separated from it happening. In the 2000s, Winona Ryder was arrested for shoplifting. Oh, I know this one. (laughs) Do you? Yeah. Yeah. This is clearly not a reference to that because it happened 15 years after this episode aired. Right. It was like a big deal. And she oh, yeah, had, they made it like a whole to-do. She said she was a kleptomaniac, and it was like a joke, Winona Ryder shoplifts. Now she's just the mom from Stranger Things. <laughs> but, like, at the time, it was this big joke. Yes. I guess it, it goes to show The Simpsons being ahead of the culture again. In the future, a celebrity shoplift robbed stole something and it became this big deal i don't think that robert no she didn't Downey do it as gunpoint but you know she didn't do it at gunpoint. That's <laughs> like, robert downey jr was like a was so druggy but i don't think he ever did anything at gunpoint probably I not don't recall like maybe we'll find out when we get he probably doesn't either because he was probably so strung out but no he he definitely doesn't matter he doesn't remember 
Um, now but... he's just on a farm with his alpacas and he's happy, so. Roll, rolling around in millions <laughs> of dollars. <laughs> so anyway. We're never going to get through this. It kind of pans out and you see a makeupless crusty. So you get a makeupless clown. Sad. It's sad looking. <laughs> so anyway, we see a makeupless crusty and he's entering the steps of City Hall. And Homer's there, and Bart and Lisa are like, he looks so sad, and mm-hmm. and Bart's like, and his feet are so small, and he says, like, say it ain't so, Krusty, and Krusty goes, I didn't do it, and everybody laughs because I didn't do it is one of Krusty's catchphrases, right. which Bart takes Which is later. also Bart's, yeah. I didn't yeah, do it. Bart, Bart, well, Bart, Bart, I sound like Le- baby Lisa now. <laughs> Bart, 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 Bart. <laughs> Bart reappropriates it for himself because he uses I didn't do it in his in his own you know everyday language, but then he gets famous off of saying it exactly of later on. Do the Bart man. Do, 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 do. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but I'm getting tired, so I'm gonna start getting stupid. <laughs> the say that's the that's that's good. That provides content for us. <laughs> quality content. Quality high quality. <laughs> content not high quality just quality (laughs) okay that's fair the say it ain't so crusty is uh clearly a reference to say it ain't so joe of the black Sox fame which i don't want to get into the whole history of the black Sox. yeah don't do that probably probably (laughs) because we'll probably do that in a future episode but it's a reference to showless showless shoeless joe jackson showless being accused of rigging the world series and the kid asking him say it ain't so joe and and so that's what that's from gotcha so in the courtroom crusty the clown how do you plead i plead guilty your honor (gasps) (laughs) i'm not guilty opening night jitters your honor crusty is asked if he pleads guilty or not guilty and he says i plead guilty your honor and he goes Oh, wait, wait, wait. Because, like, the, the whole... He doesn't understand why, like, everybody goes crazy about that. And he goes, oh, wait, no, no. I plead not guilty, Your Honor. Sorry, opening night jitters, Your Honor. Like, <laughs> right. Um, he's, he's just nervous. Homer takes the stand against Bart's wishes. And he tells Bart... Homer is told asked by Bart, like, not to do this. But Homer says, I need to do this, and one day you'll understand. So, like, again, he's like... Again, it's a very I moral mean, thing. It's it's a very noble thing of like I know you don't want me to do this, yeah. but you need to do what's right, and this is right. it's a very To Kill a Mockingbird moment. Ooh, it's it kind very of is. Atticus Finchy of Homer. Hmm. Homer, the true greatest hero in in fiction. <laughs> a- absolutely, absolutely. I'll go on record as saying that Atticus AFI. Finch. Who? <laughs> it's horrible line. What's wrong with me? Can't do this. It's happening, Kevin. I'm running I'm running low here. This lawyer that is for the prosecution is clearly based on Clarence Darrow from Inherit the Wind. We'll do as part of our classic shelf life series. Oh, I like I, I like that idea. Yeah. Classic shelf um, life. He's got that he's got just got the look of Clarence Darrow. I don't know if he has the look of real life Clarence Darrow or if the fake Clarence Darrow from Inherit the Wind, but the same idea. Right. And he asks Homer who they show this they show the footage of Homer diving into the chips and they're like sir is that you diving cowardly into that that uh, display of chips and he has to <laughs> tell him that it is Homer then says like can you point out the perpetrator in court and Homer kind of reluctantly does it cuz he kind of looks at he looks at 
Bart first, and he's like, he has to do it. So he points to Krusty. Right. And you get this, like, moan from Krusty. It's one of my favorite moans. Oh, Krusty, where he's like, ah! He, he's, he's, like, upset about it. Would you point him out to us? Okay. Let the record show that the witness eventually pointed to Krusty the Clown. Back at the Simpson house, Homer is putting everything Krusty related into a box to go to the public burning. And they even say on the commentary that they wanted the Simpsons to live in Springfield in a world where the Springfielders give into mob mentality so easily. Right. And we saw it in the Telltale Head. And we see it again here, where they just yes. give in to mob mentality right away. And almost um, like small town type of vibes, yes. Yeah. And maybe it wasn't as bad in 1990, but I think mob mentality has always been a thing. I think social me- media has made it worse. Mob mentality I, is... I think so. It's such a thing now. Granted, some things deserve to be ridiculed. Yes. But there's some things where it's like, okay, we, where, where I guess like the whole point is like, okay, where's the line and stuff like that. There are stuff like where it, it is, where, where there, there should be a line of what's justice sure. versus what's my mentality. Right. So anyway. Yeah, there should be kind of like something, but it, it's hard to describe when it's pretty much an unwritten thing. Right. But I do I do like the mob mentality, the jokes about mob mentality. And Bart even says it, dad, you're giving in to mob mentality. Homer responds, no, I'm not. I'm jumping on the bandwagon. (laughs) (laughs) Very similar ideas there. (laughs) So Marge says the line, who would have thought that a criminal mastermind would have made such cute toys? (laughs) Which I wish was a reference to something. I wish there was like an evil toy maker reference. Uh, That'd be great. But I don't know of one. At least there's nothing that I could like find that would have made sense other than the um, Burgermeister, I guess. No, the Burgermeister didn't like toys. Never mind. No, he hates um, toys. Yeah, that was, he got that rid was of the whole, them. That was the whole crux of that show. Um, Until someone gave him a toy, and then he got a little happier about that. Yeah, he put one foot in front of the other. That's a different uh, one. That's the, that's the <laughs> no, same that is the show. same one. It's oh my god. I've never been a big fan of the claymation ones. Well, I mean, like, they're fine, but then you get to the Rudolph, and he makes that damn noise with the s- stupid nose, and I hate them. it. You know I hate the noise, though. Ooh, I hate it. Oh, that noise is the worst. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go on. The bonfire. Uh, and we get Reverend Lovejoy saying, like, now be careful, because these are children's toys. So they are ex- <laughs> extremely they're, flammable. They're, they're extremely flammable. Stand back and try not to inhale the toxic fumes. And you get this crowd that's all like ooing and eyeing over right. the, the flames. Because it just went up like quick. So then Krusty takes the stand. So he's taking the stand in his own defense. Which I guess he just figures he's going to be like, I wasn't there. But the problem is he was just at home. And we find out because they're asking him to look at exhibit B. And he hesitates, and he hesitates, and he, he's like, I don't... And they're like, what's the matter? Can't you read? And he says, I can't. I'm illiterate. I've never learned how to read or write. <laughs> and isn't the irony of this, like they, they even say it in the show, is that he advocates for children literacy. That's right. He's a champion of children's literature, and he does he can't read or write. So 
he says, uh, well, this is exhibit B because it has a big B on it. <laughs> and it's betting slips. And he says, is it a crime to be... Well, at first he says, is it a, is it a crime to be illiterate? And then, right. and then he says, well, is it a crime to bet on sports? And, he, and they're like, yes. And he's like, oh. So... <laughs> I think what they're getting getting with here is that the prosecution is trying to establish that his motive, because you're Krusty the Clown, you're like a famous celebrity, mm-hmm. why were you robbing the, the quickie mart? Right. And, I, and it's like, I think it's that he was in gambling debt, is the idea. So he robbed the quickie mart to try to like just make a quick buck, figuring it's not like that big of a crime, or he can, maybe he can get away with it. And he'll just pay back the gambling debt with the money he stole from the quickie mart, I mm-hmm. guess. So it comes back and they find him guilty. His lawyer admits that this happens every time. It's not Lionel Hutz yet, but it is apparently a bad lawyer. Right. So now we get the new Sideshow Bob show. He takes over from Krusty. Oh, Lisa and Maggie are watching Sideshow Bob. And he promises that the show is going to be more educational. Itchy and Scratchy will still be on the show. We, we get to hear Kelsey Grammer make his debut. And Kelsey Grammer does have a really good voice. For oh, yeah. This Absolutely. Because you get to find out, like, this character is very intellectual. Mm-hmm. And he's very, well. you know. He's an actor. Yes. As well. Yes, you yes, know. Very theatrical. Yes. Definitely. Not unlike Alan Rickman in Galaxy Quest. Could see him doing oh, yes, the same thing. Beautiful. Thing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> And I love that. <clears throat> add that to the list. I love that there that Bart walks in and he's like, "What the hell are you watching?" He's like so <laughs> offended that Lisa and Maggie have kind of like turned their back on Krusty. Krusty, but Lisa's like, "Well, he he's a criminal mastermind. He's a criminal. Why would I not turn my back on him?" Right. Which makes sense. Once you find out someone's an ass, like why would you stick around? You're not going to stick around. But Bart has that never-ending faith that his hero is really his hero. So right. he tells Lisa he thinks Krusty's innocent, and he tries to convince her to help him to prove his innocence. She makes him admit that he needs her help because she's smarter than him. <laughs> and this is, again, like that building up of Lisa being super smart. Right. I did like, did you did you notice all three of them put their hands in? So Maggie put yes. her hand in, too. Yeah, like Maggie wants to be a part of it, too. Yeah. Absolutely. It's very cute. <laughs> so Bart and Lisa go to the Quickie Mart to try to, try to investigate. And Apu is super paranoid at this point. And he's like, I'm armed to the teeth. I can see everything that you're doing. <laughs> I'd like to think, because in future episodes, what we see of Apu is that he is always like, He's like a gun nut, and he's always oh, like yeah. guns, and he's always ready for robberies. He's very like confident that, and ready. I like to think that this was like the first robbery that started it all. Yeah, so like he just he becomes well, like he we even says like he goes, I know the routine because I have the convenience store. Yeah. But like maybe this is like okay, but maybe I should make myself more armed and ready to go if this happens again. You know, or or he was taught it. And, and so now he's like, let's not, like, I screw this, like I'm gonna... franchise owner, he was taught the procedure. Right. But now that he went through it, now he, like, takes it super seriously. He's like, no, you know what, screw this, I'm gonna protect myself and my franchise. The Quickie Mart. 
they kind of walk around and they realize like well the microwave says no pacemakers on it Mm -hmm. but in the surveillance footage the robber was heating up a burrito and then they're like hey in that convenience footage the robber was reading a magazine right and he's illiterate Krusty can't read and, and Apu, Apu shouts something here that has been used in other Simpsons things. I think it might have been used in your virtual Springfield or Simpsons oh, Hit and Run. Absolutely. And it's Apu saying, this is not a lending library. Get out of here. I'll blow your heads off. That's I love it. Used. That's oh, like one of the, beautiful. I feel like that's one of Apu's like, famous most, lines. Yeah, that's one of his probably most famous quotes. I did. I do like when Bart is like, "Okay, the guy can't read. Can we like c- catch the guy a break? Like, he right? Just, he doesn't want to keep hounding getting... him about that. Yeah, exactly. Lisa kind of starts putting it together. Like, maybe he was framed. So then he's like, "Does Krusty have any enemies?" Mm-hmm. And Bart realizes, like, well, he doesn't know, but maybe Sideshow Bob knows because Sideshow Bob is Krusty's best friend. So maybe he knows if Krusty had any enemies. Right. So they realize, like, maybe they have to go talk with Sideshow Bob. So in the meantime, we get a clip of Sideshow Bob doing his show, and he's reading Man in the Iron Mask. Which has just become, like, Frasier doing a late-night TV show type thing. Just yeah, late- I, mean, what, I was gonna say, maybe one day uh, Shelf Life will will literally read you the books on our shelf. Oh, that'd like Sideshow Bob does here, in, in a, like, a very Shakespearean brogue. <laughs> um, I, I would i would guess kelsey Grammer has done audiobooks oh i hope so think? i would love to just listen to him talk i like audiobooks so if he did one i would listen to it you are, you are in luck because you can read the cat in the hat narrated oh. by kelsey Grammer. Eh, no dr seuss and not because he's canceled now, just because I never liked Doctor Seuss. <laughs> because I never liked Doctor Seuss. In the first place. Uh. Julius Caesar. He is one of the voices in a Julius Caesar audiobook. Interesting. Uh, read, you know the Shakespeare Julius Caesar. Ah, I wonder what he plays in that. Do you think he does only one line, or do you think he does the whole damn thing? I bet he's Brutus. No, I, no, it's like a whole cast of characters. A two Brute. I think he's Caesar. So, uh, <laughs> this is... I'm just looking at this on Audible. It's narrated by Richard Dreyfus, Joe Beth Williams, and Kelsey Grammer. Interesting. I kind of want to know what that one is. But anyway. Then he's got um, J. Edgar and the Manchurian Candidate. Yeah, so he's he's uh, he's in some audiobooks. But Stupid he's reading that Man in the Iron Mask. I love the way that he's reading it, too, because he's like doing it so vigorously. And the kids love it. So... I think it's hilarious because it's a sh- it's a TV show and it's just a bunch of kids watching a man read a book. Yes, like that's all that's happening here. It's kind and of then, um, it's almost uh, Mister Rogers ish. It is kind of Mister Rogers ish. If you go back and look at any clips of Mister Rogers, it's the most slow moving oh, thing yeah. ever. But yeah, that's true. Well, and the whole idea here too is like Sideshow Bob is a way better. He wants to make the kids intellectual instead of just doing stupid jokes for laughs. Right. He's actually a better source of entertainment for kids. Right. Which is which is just kind of, you know, I guess the crux or the catch-22. That's the um, joke. So, Sasha Bob even ends the show singing a Colt Porter song every time we Oh, yeah, that's goodbye. a little too much. <laughs> you thought that yeah, was too much? I did. I don't know why. It just felt like, okay, calm down. 
just because you're like the center of attention now. <laughs> I, I like that he has a signature signature, signature sign off. Yeah. So he goes to the backstage and everyone's like, "Great show!" He's signing autographs and he's like walking back and and they're like uh, and and he says something about like, "Oh yes," and I'll never you know I'll never forget Krusty and he starts crying. And as he walks into his dressing room, the door closes and we get we get a pretty sweet oh. animation that like changes to like this, you know, shades of dark and you get like this shadowy figure and you get the first Sideshow Bob maniacal laugh, which becomes part of Kelsey Grammer's staple of the character. Oh, it's beautiful. Revealed here that Sideshow Bob has framed Krusty the Clown. I can't do it. I sounded more like That's Dracula for a right. second. <laughs> well, I was I was veering straight into Dracula. So So uh at the at the in the third act starts with, with Sideshow Bob's face because now he's taken over for Krusty. Mm-hmm. And at, it, we, it, it's just they're at the television studio and Sideshow Bob's meeting with like the producers of the show and they're talking about different merchandise that they could sell with Sideshow Bob's face on it. And Sideshow Bob basically says he wants to make more high upscale stuff. Right. Like, I'm trying to think of what upscale stuff a kid's entertainer, because he's not a clown. But what, what, like, upscale stuff is he going to have? That's a good question. I have no idea. I mean, I would imagine it's all, like, the normal stuff, but maybe it's just better materials, you, made better. I'm thinking... Like, okay, robes? Like, yeah, like, like, what? He's gonna have... He's gonna have the toys. Like, I'm sure that there'll be a pole string sideshow bob. Right. And some of that. But, like, I feel like you're also gonna get... Like, is it gonna be, like, a, a leather book cover? Ooh, with, like, a leather Bob's book cover. Like, it? a stamped into the... Ooh, I like that. Yeah. 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 That's or, a good point. Because uh, I think upscale, I'm thinking, like, it's not gonna be, like, a wine glass. You're not gonna get a wine glass from a children's entertainer. <sighs> Maybe it's like an art kit, like anything that could help them Mm. like better their, their mind. I feel like Sideshow Bob would want to do instead of just Mm. smashing his face onto everything like Krusty does. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, these are all fine. I heartily endorse this Evador product. Right. (laughs) He's going to be more selective. Right. And he's sitting in his chair with a robe on, no shoes. So he's got his uh, big feet on the table. Right. And Bart and Lisa and Maggie walk are there. And I guess Sideshow Bob just has looser rules because he's trying to connect to the kids. So he just lets them into the backstage. So Sideshow Bob tells the producers, like, oh, we'll talk about this next time. I, I take great pleasure in being able to sign my name, which I guess is a shot at Krusty. Because, like, Krusty was a little... Oh, so I wonder... I think that was the, the I joke. think he is taking a shot at Krusty saying mm-hmm. that. Okay. What a jackass. He doesn't, I mean, he was. It's just very he rude. Was, he was clearly, you know. Yeah, he was abused. Krusty. You're right. You're right. But still, you're taking a shot at a man's literacy. It's just mean. <laughs> the guy can't read, okay? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So they tell him, like, they need to talk to him. But he says, like, oh, there's no time. He gives them some tickets to go watch the show. And, like, we'll talk. I'll talk to you later. They are sitting in the in the audience. And Sideshow Bob has taken over Krusty's catchphrase. He says, mm-hmm. who do you love? Sideshow Bob. Right. How much do you love me with all our hearts? But he doesn't. He leaves out the last bit. Right. And he notices in the stands that Bart didn't sing along. 
and he realizes that Bart is visibly sad. So he decides to, he's got a, his, his hubris, <laughs> having to win Bart over. Yes. Is what costs him. Yes, it does. Because if he wouldn't have brought Bart on stage, Bart wouldn't have put all this together. And exactly. Lisa probably would have given up on trying to figure it out. Right. So they probably would have, he probably would have gotten away with it. But he sees that Bart is sad. He goes and he invites him to come on stage. And Bart even says, like, I, I, I really don't want to come on stage. Like, mm -hmm. I'm okay. And he says, like, no, 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 come on stage. It's a new pre-adolescent uh, <laughs> bit to, to talk about different things going on with preteens called choices. And I like that they already had a set built. Choices. Like, he already had this idea. Right. Oh, yeah. It was already in motion. He was waiting for his first child to do this with, apparently. Oh, I do like um, Sideshow Bob's like, do the kids not accept you? Ed Bart's like, they don't, but that's not what's bothering <laughs> Like, it's... Bart's very self-aware of just like, yeah, but that's, I don't care about that. That's, that's I, here, but really neither here nor there. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, well, no, what's really bothering me is my sisters and I have been done some investigating, and we think that Krusty might have been framed. And Sideshow Bob kind of darts his eyes around like, oh, frame. And Bart's like, well, he had the pacemaker. Right. And Bob says, well, yeah, but Krusty doesn't always listen to doctor's orders. Like, it's, it's Krusty. Right. And Bart's like, yeah, I suppose that's true. He's like, but he was reading a magazine and he can't read. And Bob points out that. He could have enjoyed the Springfield Review of Books because there's funny pictures in it and stuff right. like that. And he uses specific people, and it's people that, of course, Sideshow Bob would know. Mm -hmm. I can't remember who it was. It was like Gore Vidal and somebody else. Very highfalutin intellectual minds. And Bart's sure. like, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Poor Bart. And then he goes like, look, I understand that people can be upset about how he made us laugh and cry. And Bart goes, and shot you out of a cannon. And you get uh, the the really good like. Do you want to try doing it, Rachel? Is it is it the? Yeah, is it that <laughs> one? It's like that tone of voice. He doesn't do it, but it's that tone of voice where he goes like, "And shot me out of a cannon." Yes, we'll never forget that, will we? But he goes on to say like, "I admit I have some pretty big shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill." Big and shoes it, to fill. Mm -hmm. Big shoes to fill. And it does that. And Bart puts it all together. And he grabs a mallet because it's a clown show. So there's a mallet sitting around. And he's... And, well, well, at first he says, you did it. Bob's like, me. And then Bart grabs the mallet, smashes Bob's clown shoe. Yep. At the tip. And Bob goes, ow, you lousy, stupid, clumsy. Yep. And it's exactly what... Krusty slash Sideshow Bob says in the Quickie Mart. And Bart says, like, it couldn't have been Krusty because Krusty has small feet, like all good-hearted people. <laughs> implying that everyone with big feet is a bad person, which is which true. Is, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> which is true. It's just weird. Bart, children, this whole sordid affair has been a shock to all of us, but we must get on with our lives. Let's try to remember Krusty not as a hardened criminal, but as that lovable jester who honked his horn and putted around in his little car. And shot you out of a cannon. And shot me out of a cannon. Yes, we will never forget that, will we? Bart, open your heart. 
I admit I have some mighty big shoes to fill. Big but if shoes you give me to a fill. Chance, I big you shoes to fill. Big 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 shoes to fill. In ancient Greece, there was a school of thought called Stoicism. Wait a minute. You did it. <gasps> Excuse me. Attention, fellow children! Krusty didn't rob that store. Sideshow Bob framed him, and I got proof. Oh, fuck you, lousy, stupid, clumsy! <gasps> See that? Krusty wore big floppy shoes, but he's got little feet, like all good-hearted people. Sideshow Bob really fills his shoes with and it's it's even weirder because like his mom has big feet, as has been established. Oh, this is true. This is very yeah. true. Maybe it's one of those things where not all people with big feet are bad, but all bad people have big feet. Oh, I'm oh I'm curious now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look that one up. Let's do some scientific uh, study on that. Uh, we get a we get a we get a, our first hint at the incompetence of the Springfield police here when they're watching the show mm-hmm. at the police station and they're like, "Huh, he's right. How did we miss that?" <laughs> <laughs> and, and Chief Wickham is like, "Get over that studio, right?" They go and they arrest Sideshow Bob, who admits that he did it because he was sick of playing the buffoon. And again, a really good job by Sideshow. Bob oh yeah, this is a, it's a good line. Yeah, Kelsey Graber. He does the he does the he basically says that he framed Krusty because he was sick of being on the receiving end. He lost so much of the show's profit by gambling and other vulgar appetites. Yes, um, and he was being wasted on the show. So if he was gone, he could make a more educational show. And it's true. And it's almost like if he needed to be given the chance to make a more educational show. Exactly. But even if he got that show, no one would have watched it. He needed Krusty gone. Right. He needed Krusty out of the picture in order to make his look better. Right. Because Um, would you rather watch someone being shot out of a cannon or listen to him read a book? Um, the cannon. I mean, I... I, (laughs) Exactly. Well, I mean... People, well, I'd rather people, the book, but that's that's besides the, our the friends, point. Our, our friends and listeners have been listening to us pratter on for at least 12 hours now. That's that's because we're going to shoot Kevin out of a cannon. Right, kids? No. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned to the end of the season and Rachel will shoot me out of a cannon. We're doing it now, Kevin. Shut you promised it. So Sideshow Bob, while he's being carted off the jail, there's a great piece of animation where his eyes get really dilated and he's like sitting in the back of the paddy wagon. He looks really weird. Oh yeah. It's crazy. Uh, And he does the Scooby-Doo line. I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for those meddling kids. Mm -hmm. And he even says like, treat kids as equals. They were smart (laughs) enough to get me. Yep. Like, he's still saying his theme. Right. But Krusty comes out of the courthouse with squeaky shoes because, again, first season has that foley work where you hear people stepping. And so Krusty's back in his getup and you hear him walking down the stairhouse. Mm -hmm. And and Chief Wiggum apologizes to him for that misunderstanding. (laughs) That won't happen again. Homer apologizes to him because... He, he, he even kind of tells him, like, I, I thought I was doing the right I thing. Really, yeah. He just literally didn't know it was in, wasn't Krusty. There's a prison joke here, because the old cliche of prison rape oh, um, God. is a bit of a joke here. Is and it? they say in the commentary that it was worse. 
but they made it they cleaned it up wow so i don't know what it could have been well because in, the, in this version they just kind of imply it like homer just says like i hope that just the stories that i've heard of prison mm. are greatly exaggerated like that's all he says so like, okay. maybe they were more blunt about it at least that's the way i interpret the joke and because and the way that the commentary team talks about it in the track that's clearly what they were going for sure but crusty forgives everyone and, and says like if it weren't for this boy for standing up for me man he'll never forget it and that actually turns into a joke Yes. Because of the fact that he always forgets what Bart did. For exactly. Him. Bart always is like yelling to him, Well, I'm the one who got you out of jail. And <laughs> what, what did you do for me lately? <laughs> and I'll never forget it. <laughs> and at the end, the, the closing scene is Bart is going to sleep mm-hmm. and he's tacking up a photo of himself and Krusty on the wall. Yes. And his room has. It's all full of all the Krusty stuff. I assume that Krusty gave him all of it because they, well, they burned it. So, like, as well, a thank you, he, like, yeah. gave him everything. That's true. They did burn it, didn't they? Because I was, like, trying to think, oh, I'm, like, maybe Homer stashed it away or something. But, no, they did take it to the burning. So. <laughs> it makes sense because, like, it makes sense for Krusty to have, to have given him everything. Oh, absolutely. You know, like, as a, just a thank you. Right. Even if it's just, even if it was just Mrs. Uh, Pennyworth or whatever her name is, which we'll learn later, but his assistant or somebody doing it. Oh, yeah. Behind, you know, for him seems like a thing. But a sweet little ending because Bart gets his hero back at the end of the day. Bart was right. Yep. The faith of the 10-year-old boy, he was good enough to see, to believe in the goodness of one person and investigate further. A lesson for us all. So, That's Rachel. Beautiful. What did you think about Krusty Gets Busted? Oh, I like this one. That's really all I have to say. Because, I mean, there's good parts to it. It's funny. It's clever. I really like the acting. Sideshow Bob is great. I like a good mystery. So I think I think they did a good job of, like, hinting at the three points that gets Krusty out of jail and everything. I like it. I think they did a good job. This is apparently cited as Matt Groening's ninth favorite episode. Wow, uh, that's really well, high well, up there. Life, considering life in the fast lane was number two, apparently. So, oh. um, mm. <laughs> well, but, uh, <laughs> I will say, spoiler alert for my rankings at the end. One, this this episode has shelf life. Mm-hmm. It does individually. This episode has shelf life, even without the rest of the season. Even if you don't want to go back and you want you don't want to watch all of season one, we'll talk about if there's other episodes that deserve it. But this one for sure deserves. Oh yeah, it to definitely. Me. It is the best animated. It is the best script. Mm-hmm. For me, if we were when we get to our rankings, this my spoiler alert. This is number one. For me. <laughs> uh, this is my favorite episode of the season. I think it's the most solid. It's the funniest. It's the best structured. It's just tight up. It's tight. I didn't mean it that way. Sorry, I couldn't um, help myself. I don't know if I would rank it ninth all time for me, but it is definitely the best of season one. It's great, yeah. Yeah, so that means we've only got one episode left. Thank God. Well, then we'll Kevin will let me out of this we'll, room. We'll t- Wait, no, I have no, all the editing you to do. You aren't allowed out of the room until we're done. No! Um, we've got one episode left, and it is a notorious episode. It is some enchanted evening. So when we come back, we will finalize season one of The Simpsons. Okay. 
next guest is the creator of the Life in Hell comics and his animated cartoon special entitled The Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire will be on the Fox Network next Sunday. Here now, take a look at a clip of that show. Here is what you'll see when you tune it in. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please say hello to Matt Groening. So your big, your big uh, holiday special. Are you excited about this? Yeah. The clip you showed wasn't actually from the special. Well, it's not from the special. That's an outtake. Oh, I'm sorry. But uh, a blooper. Things like that in the yeah, special. Things like that. Yeah. Is, yeah. Th is this your first, uh, like it's a half an hour show? Yeah. First long form animated cartoon? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. And then it goes on uh, regularly uh, in January. Good for you. Oh, Thank it'll be a series then. A series. Matt Groening, we'll be right back, folks. to finish here. Matt, nice meeting you. Good luck with your big cartoon show. <laughs> and we have come to the final episode of season one of The Simpsons. It has been a long journey for us here at Shelf Life. And it has probably been a long journey for you, dear listener, as you have gone through hours of listening to us talk about it. Kevin's going to finally let me out of this You're room. Not, well, I suppose you... I mean, the season, <laughs> shelf life season is not over. You can leave to, like, get some air, but... Yeah. <sighs> Damn it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay with that, though. And she's only allowed <laughs> to leave once the, the season is over. This is true. So <laughs> we, we can start because this is the infamous episode of The Simpsons, Some Enchanted Evening. Which I, you know, I never actually called it that. Well, I, I still don't it. call it that. The babysitter bandit. Oh, the <laughs> yeah, I mean, the babysitter bandit would be a better title. <laughs> it's a better title. But anyway, uh, this movie, <laughs> this movie, this episode aired on May 13th, 1990. It is written by Matt Groening and Sam Simon, directed by David Silverman and Kent Butterworth. And the reason that this episode is infamous, and we, we mentioned it in the first episode of ours for, for The Simpsons, is it was supposed to be the pilot episode. And they sent the uh, animation off to Korea, or the storyboard off to Korea. It came back six months later. They did a screening of it, and it was atrocious. The the animation was so awful. bad, they were worried that if they aired it, it would immediately tank the show. And Rachel, I don't know, did you look at any of the old animation? I haven't, I've only seen a couple screenshots of it. I haven't seen, like, a lot of it. But it looks so, <laughs> so janky. The, on the DVD, there's extras that show the animation or some of the animation. Because they taught, that's like all the commentaries about, is how bad the animation was. And it, it, it is bad. It, it's mm -hmm. horrible. It's, it's a totally different style. Like, I could see maybe, like, a, it's, it's almost Nickelodeon style or, like, Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, it looks, it looks like short, simple yeah. cartoons. Like, very, very yeah. simple. And, and I don't know if that means that it would... Right. And not like a sitcom. Like, and and like maybe it's is. just because we're used to the way The Simpsons look now. That it looks so bad, but it looks it looks really bad, and 
everything looks I, for a lack of a better better term it's like it's it's very smooth everything moves like kind of disney-ish mm-hmm. where it's like very smooth but it looks leathery there's like scenes in this where marge looks like a like she has like a frog head and like her neck like moves like a giraffe it's like <laughs> very odd can't picture a, the well, a frog and a giraffe like like her her neck really looks creepy. like leathery but like it stretches out like that scene yeah, where yeah, she's yeah. putting makeup on where lisa's on the bed it oh yeah i know you're right and she's so like, weird yeah, looking. yeah. It, okay. she looks like a lizard <laughs> uh, but the story goes on the commentary so everything was done minus the animation six months later they did this screening so they did a screening in a room where it was some of the writers and and matt raining and the directors Mm -hmm. and the head of the animation studios was there as well and james and everyone was shocked and people started just kind of like leaving the room and it was like in silence because of how bad it looked now this is their story and yeah it's kind of weird to think like it was that bad but like it is pretty shitty and he says James L. Brooks was just distraught. So there were only a few people left in the room, the people that, as James L. Brooks put it, were responsible. And he said, this is shit. And the animators were offended and said, maybe the script isn't funny. Like, maybe it's not good because the, the script's not funny. So, wow, yeah, okay. they did not get off on, <laughs> on the right page. Can you imagine if... They just decided to part ways and nothing ever happened after that. Right, so they right, realized right. it all needed to be redone. And they decided they had to get everything else done. But they had one week to come back and see whatever happened with Bart the Genius. Because Bart the Genius was, was the next episode. And Bart the Genius came in and they thought, okay, it's okay. And because it was okay, they were like, all right, we just need to shove this episode at the end because it's going to take another you know six months to redo everything but because bart the genius came in okay they decided to keep going otherwise man that could have been it could have been rough the other thing that comes up and another feature on the dvd is they watch some of the footage again and it's mostly like matt graining laughing and david silverman laughing and james l brooks actually walks out because he just can't take it he can't take how bad it looks it's it's funny um, oh god but the the thing is and and to defend the animators a little bit they had no there's no reference point on what the simpsons is supposed to look like so they were just right. guessing this was the and, beginning and and the shorts are horrible looking so they needed to come up with something that sure. looked decent and, and had dy- you know dynamic look to it and feel to it so it you know they tried their best, is is my guess, and they clearly got better because they get better as the season goes on. Yeah, that's the infamous story of this episode and why it was supposed to be the first episode, which I don't think it would have worked as the first episode. I'm glad it's not the first episode. No, I don't think it would have either. Uh, as nostalgic as it is, I it would have it, it just it didn't do the same thing as uh, Simpsons roasting on an open fire if- did. It it that one had the characters and development with the characters, and this one mm-hmm. doesn't. This one just feels like a short. Yeah, I of the agree Simpsons. with you. And why do you say despite the nostalgia, Rachel? Oh well, because for, for me, I like I said, I call it the babysitter bandit. And for for me, uh, for for me personally, I I like <laughs> this one. So, it, but it's I think it's just because uh, it's probably one of the first ones I ever watched when I was yeah. a kid. Is my guess. 
Because I remember it all the time. And I remember the Babysitter Bandit, and I remember it being like, oh, I like this concept, it was goofy, and it was a, it was a Bart and Lisa do something together type of thing, and obviously you and me do stuff all the time, so probably me as a kid, and, like, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's very nostalgic. It's just, it's just very nostalgic. Well, should we uh, discuss what the final product actually was and get into the episode? Let's, yeah, let's do get them. Let's, let's get into it. Uh, so and and it's weird to keep in mind that this was supposed to be the first episode but i it doesn't like for me this is the 13th episode you know like it never was the first episode right the thing about it though before we get into it i will say i do think that a lot of the character development and like stuff that happens in the rest of the season this episode doesn't fit Mm -hmm. lisa's not no as smart as you find out she is homer doesn't Right. Uh, appreciate Marge as much. Marge doesn't have as much agency. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff that, like, right. clearly they didn't plan out fully yet. Yeah. Yeah. Develop yet. Yeah. So, uh, the chalkboard gag I will not yell fire in a crowded classroom. And the couch. Well, always. Good advice. Um, you, that's, that's, you know, <laughs> it's illegal. I don't know if it's illegal or not. It's just. Yeah. A lo- oh. I think it is. It's illegal to just, like, start screaming fire, I guess. Because if you cause, like, mass hysteria, <laughs> it's kind of one of those things. I mean, it's another thing if you're, like, being attacked well, by somebody. Yeah. If there's a real, you don't there's yell a real help, fire, You won't yeah. yell fire, because then someone actually, right. say, like, looks at you. Well, no, I'm saying they, they teach, okay. they teach this women. Is a, this is a women. If issue. a woman's being attacked. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> well, I'm kidding. It's, it's anybody's issue, but it's one of those things. I have a woman's being attacked or, or by, you know, whatever, yelling help right. or rape even or something like that. It doesn't catch oh, like people's fire attention does. like fire does. So you, I gotcha. so you yell fire because and fire people will actually affects react. everyone. And if you, you're just being attacked, they'll be like, well, yep. you know, fuck you. <laughs> kind of. I guess that's the idea. Yeah. <laughs> Should have been standing. You're on your own. <laughs> so. Um. Yeah, so the that was yeah. Oh, the couch, the couch gag. gag. You're right. I never said what the couch gag was. Um, the couch gag. Well, because we had good points <laughs> about you know Bart being an ass and and uh, I'd like to. I want to see him do everything that he does in the truck in the truck. Yeah. Oh, actually, like do it <laughs> yeah. and get in trouble for it, so that. Well, see, now that would have been a concept. He gets in trouble for something in class, right? In one of the episodes, and then like in the next episode or something, that is yeah. the, the chalkboard. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Well, they did that a couple That's times. That's when, when we get to those seasons, we'll talk about it. But there are a couple times, That's uh, true. in particular, when they defamed New Orleans. The next uh. episode had something about new orleans being <laughs> that's true. i will not right. i will not it might have even been defamed I, I just can't remember so the couch gag is nothing the couch gag is the family just runs in and sits on the couch hilarious yep i mean for the last episode too it's kind of right. funny because you're expecting happens. something this time and then nothing i guess happens. i, I kind of like that i guess if it was the first <laughs> you know episode and it was supposed to happen and then they started to escalate from there but it's kind of funnier that it ends with nothing happening so the episode begins with it's uh, a morning and the family is all eating breakfast 
Marge is clearly frazzled, and they're all eating like savages. They're quickly eating everything, and they're fighting over a donut, and which is weird because you think Homer would just take it but yeah they're being uh, they're being thing. typical simpsons uh well i mean it does end up going to homer because lisa and, and bart yeah. fight over the box and the and the donut ends up on homer but mm-hmm. then uh the kids hear the school bus and they run to the door and, and marge says that she made them lunches but they just say that they've got money and they take money out of her purse and they and they leave and then homer <laughs> is like i'm off to work and that doesn't kiss marge and then marge is left alone and he she says well it's just me and you maggie and maggie has fallen asleep (laughs) so marge is alone and she's upset about the fact that nobody appreciates her again it's our typical Mm -hmm. it's our one story we have for marge it's nobody appreciates her the thing that they show in the original animation, because apparently 70% at least of this episode was redone. The thing that they show in the original animation is how this scene originally started. And I think guess there's a script on the DVD too, which I didn't look at, but is it's way more starting with just Marge and Maggie. And Marge is like telling Maggie, like, this is her favorite time of the morning because it's just the two of them and it's peaceful and they're making breakfast for the family. Mm-hmm. And then she, once the the other three run in it, it, she like gets kind of despondent because she like takes so much care in like making them breakfast and stuff that they don't appreciate it right and they're just very chaotic uh, so. it reminds me of an episode of boy meets world where the mom and that i don't rachel i don't know if you'll remember this one so the mom keeps making them like a big breakfast and then none of them stay to eat the breakfast and then at the end of the episode mm-hmm. cory cory learns to appreciate that his mom made breakfast for <laughs> i kind of remember that actually do you know do you remember what the the inciting incident happens that that allows him to to learn to appreciate his mom making breakfast for the family is it some it's got to be something with somebody else's mom because i think it's the whole thing of like appreciate the it's... little things your mom does right and is it somebody, somebody somebody's dies. mom is dead i don't mom. remember it's out of mom it's the oh, lunch lady i had it oh okay yeah, and oh, Corey's the upset that the lunch dies? lady died and nobody cares. And he's like, but she did all this uh, stuff for everybody. So then she, then he realizes right. that he should appreciate his mom. We'll get to that episode one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure we'll get to Boy Meets World. <laughs> so anyway, that scene happens. And while that's happening, the radio's on in the background. And we get our first Arnie pie in the sky. And he's giving the traffic report. But in between the traffic report is Dr. Marvin Monroe's on air therapy. So he's, you know, some, I don't, I think this, this might still be going on. I I don't listen to a lot of talk radio. I mean, folks, if you're traveling, you should be listening to Shelf Life. Yeah. You listen to podcasts. You don't listen to radio. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But but, um, I'm sure that there's like self-help radio stuff still. Um, but that's basically what he's doing here. It's like you call in, or yeah, at least segments. yeah, like maybe they'll have like a therapist on for like a segment or something, for whatever reason. And you call in and you you tell him your uh, your issue. So mm-hmm. she gets tempted to call in, and she decides to call in, and and she tells her problems. She's thirty four, and she's an un- another un- underappreciated housewife, is what the um, assistant or the screener writes down while they're at the plant or while homer's at the plant fiddling around with some plutonium or doing something 
do whatever whatever this, he this actually is, does it i mean yeah. obviously because this is the first episode that was supposed to air he's not quite the safety inspector yet so he's just doing stuff and <laughs> the other guy, the guys at work are making fun of of the people that are calling in and homer calls them wackos like turn it up he wants to hear the wackos on the radio mm-hmm. and she goes through the list with dr marvin Monroe. And of all of the complaints that she has about Homer. Okay, let's see. Next we have Marge. She's 34 and trapped in a loveless sham of a marriage. Hey, turn it up. I love hearing those wackos. Tell me about your husband, Marge. Well, when we were dating, he was sweeter and more romantic and 40 pounds thinner and he had hair and he ate with utensils. <laughs> what was that last thing you said? <laughs> What was that last thing you said? that's true. I got a genuine... I think what was that last thing you said is pretty funny. That's really... You get a genuine chuckle out of that one. (laughs) Like, not a big-faced Monroe. That and I'm as sure of it as I'm sure my voice is annoying is also very good. Dr. Marvin Monroe gives her some advice and says that Homer's not appreciating her and when he gets home she needs to like let him have it mm-hmm. it was during the commentary here where they revealed that dr marvin monroe his real name was marilyn monroe and like his parents named him marilyn monroe and yeah, um, yeah. part of the reason why he became right. a therapist was because he was named marilyn monroe yeah so like he, he, he feels like he has to like pass right. it on which it's, again, like, it's one of those dumb jokes. They were trying to do so many dumb name jokes back then. Yeah, but you don't even catch that, because it's not no, like he never, they Yeah, they never loud. reveal that. Well, there's a couple of things that they end up never revealing. So it's just one of those, like, little hidden things that yeah. they, like, keep to themselves. But it's, like, <laughs> funny to them, <laughs> right. because it's, the like, The character would be joke. dead before they, they ever reveal his name was Marilyn. Exactly. Like, I mean, yeah, like, no, literally, that is what would happen, is the character would die, and at their funeral, they would be like, Marilyn Marvin Monroe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wait, his name yeah. is Marilyn? Yeah, if they would have shown a, if they would have shown a scene, that's exactly how it would have gone. That's exactly what it would have happened, yeah. And that would have been the reveal. Yeah, and that would have been the joke, the yeah. And, and it joke. was like, was it worth it? Was it really worth it? Was it? <laughs> uh, so... The, Oh, I feel like we're going to be asking them a lot of that that question in like the 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 latest Apparently episodes. Apparently, they've of brought the back so Marvin Monroe in some there. of the latest episodes, but I don't know. I don't How? know. I don't know if we'll get okay. to that. I think wasn't there? Okay, hold on. Wasn't there? I know, we're not there yet, obviously. But in a clip show of The Simpsons, yeah, isn't that's he where they basically the reveal died. Dead. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, we want to, like, and then all the people who have died, and then, like, they're just, like, randoms that they chose, like, oh, we're never bringing back these characters, so we're going to kill them off. So, you know, how did they bring them back from the dead? You right. know what? These aren't canon. It's two different, they're different shows. Doesn't matter. <laughs> right. So, Homer realizes that this is Marge, because... Because, well, and, Mar- and Monroe is like, you should leave him. <laughs> and she goes, leave Homer? And he goes, don't use his real name. So at, at the jig is up. Homer knows it's him. And, he, oh, and yeah. he's worried. So <laughs> does everybody else at the plant. 
somebody that sounds like Lenny was like, hey, Homer, isn't that your wife? But it's not quite Lenny yet. Right. <laughs> the yeah. not quite characters. Yeah. And instead, Homer decides to go to the bar to try to stay as far away from home as possible, knowing he's going to get chewed out when he goes home. In the meantime, Bart and Lisa decide to have some fun at Moe's expense. Ah, oh, come on, Bart, not again. Oh, where's your sense of humor? Moe's Tavern. Hello, is Al there? Al? Yeah, Al. Last name, Kaholic? Let me check. Phone call for Al. Alcoholic. Is there an alcoholic here? <laughs> Wait a minute. Listen, you little yellow belly rat jackass. If I ever find out who you are, I'll kill you. <laughs> and it's a, it's a classic one. It's it's alcoholic. Are there any alcoholics here? And there's actually two prank calls in this episode. <laughs> yeah, there's this oh, one. Oh, there are. And You're there's right. another yes. one later. But that's the first one. It's alcoholic. Uh, alcoholic. These are the kind of names... Hey, oh. these are the kind of names that when <laughs> me and the guys would make players on Madden or we would play Goldeneye and have to come up with like a name for our players. Alcoholic. Yeah. Yes. Like that would be yeah. one of the names. The payoff that to was all the best of these way with, to do the, it. with the, the huge ass joke is, is the best one, I think. I think so. That one's probably my favorite. <laughs> World War II is my favorite war. I had to. I said <laughs> you favorite. had to. For some reason, it just came so. out. <laughs> uh, so the Homer says like he's worried because Marge thinks that he that he's a pig, and this is where we get that weird always giving advice bartender Mo, which is just it almost seems like that's the character that they were mm -hmm. giving him in these early episodes, but he shouldn't right. be, and he eventually not does not become this. But well, I was gonna say, well, I think it's like he starts off with doing like quote-unquote, good advice. And then he starts just giving worse and worse advice <laughs> as his character develops, which is actually kind of interesting to me. It makes sense, because everybody becomes stupider. Mm -hmm. So his advice should get worse and worse. Right. Exactly. And when we find out that he is, like, the loneliest man alive, he shouldn't know how to, like, wine yes. and dine. Yeah. Do anything. Uh, well, he gives him, gives him the advice to, you know, take her out and show her a good time, show her a good night, and mm -hmm. which is what he needs to do, of course. The stuff that I got out of this was Mo is uglier than usual because his design is because like <laughs> some of this you can tell is probably the old yeah the, the, the coloring's coloring off. Everything. He's got like weird frog lips. Mm -hmm. Well, he always kind of looks like a toad. <laughs> But, yeah, but I mean, there is it's a lot, lot more apparent lot in this one. But he also tells them, like, we're all pigs. I'm a pig. Bonnie's a pig. He has, his voice isn't quite right either. That is kind of the voice. No. He's almost had it, like, <laughs> and, and apparently, That's exactly it. This was not done by, it. I mean, it is Hank Azaria, but he hasn't quite figured out the voice for him yet. Because apparently, mm -hmm. again, another thing that happened in this first episode, it was supposed to be voiced by some other guy. And what do you have that name, Rachel? Yeah. The Christopher so I have Collins? no idea who that guy is, but <laughs> no idea. But it it says that that he was that it comes up as yeah, him being so playing Mo for whatever reason. This guy didn't work out, and they gave it to Hank, and he comes up with the Mo voice, the Hey Homa. But at first, it's not quite there. 
Um, and then Homer goes and gets some chocolates, and he goes to the flower store. No, it does. It says that that he did. No, Christopher Collins is Moses Legs' voice in Some Enchanted Evening. But that no, it's it still is Hank Azaria, right? I think in the final sure? product, I think he recorded one, and then and then what what uh... we see is Hank. Okay, wait, wait. Yeah, you go you go to the cast of Some Enchanted Evening, yeah. and it comes up as Hank Azaria. He's the TV host. Oh, really? Christopher Collins. Oh, okay, that makes sense. That's what it says. So maybe yeah, because that recast. voice doesn't sound like any of the ones we normally hear. Okay. Anyways, so they, so Homer goes oh, to the flower yeah. store, and this animation is putrid. It it is it is disgusting. <laughs> Homer doesn't. Homer looks like he's like three feet tall at some points. The flower guy is like stretched out. It's guy it is awful. Yeah. He could buy a fifty a dozen roses for fifty five dollars, and he buys one. So although a single rose, <laughs> right, Rachel? Isn't that romantic? Uh, getting a single room. yeah yeah so it's i fine. would think so i mean flowers are flowers you know um <laughs> and back at home marge is, is furious he she's impatient she's waiting for homer there's a weird animation sequence of like all of this like stuff floating around marge but she's seething the score for this season is not good right the score in this episode is also bad that <laughs> like it's like there's all of these horrible noises yeah, yeah. it happens like five times yeah. where somebody takes a fucking mute in front of a trumpet <laughs> and just blows whoops that's just not a good oh sign it has anyways. its place <laughs> but not not here i don't like it um, not here no so homer's in the driveway and he's trying to recite what he's gonna say i love you marjorie and like trying to come up with all this stuff uh, <laughs> so then the second he opens the door and he's got the rose, he's got the chocolates, he's covered in rain. It's very romantic looking. And he just says, uh, he just tells Marge he loves her <laughs> and she immediately forgives him. And that's it. <laughs> right. Yeah. She kind of melts into that. Yeah. That, that whole sequence is like, that's over. I mean, all it's right. all, it Next. feels <laughs> like they needed to find a way to get to them taking a night off night out yeah going on a date which is weird because it's they like just well, why can't they just date. go well, on a date i guess it is supposed to be like homer's a a, a big doofus they would never Adolf. go on a date yeah i guess so i don't know i feel like they would but go just to get away boy. from the kids right <laughs> the but yeah it does seem a little i don't know it, it's pushed it's very pushed or forced. I guess it's that's what I'm trying to say. It's, it feels very forced for them to have to go through that whole sequence yeah. to get to But we get to this point where now they need to... They're going to go on a date. Homer has set up the the old off-ramp inn. They got a, they got a room. Which is weird. I don't know. That doesn't seem <laughs> well, like a they, fun Well, they're trying to, to have a romantic <laughs> evening away from the kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, just on my is thing. It, <laughs> is it a fancy restaurant yeah the night at a hotel eh. what if it was like what if it was like the ritz what Maybe. if it was like a, a good four star oh yeah if it was like yeah. a hilton or a ritz or something sure yeah that's fine um, that's fine just yeah. to get away go so do something 
But as long it yeah. But if it's like right around the it's corner, not I don't know. that's my only thing. I don't think if I, I don't live think right around close. the corner, it's just yeah. like why am I going to a hotel yeah. when I can I, just sleep in my bed? I think that they it's went a little ways away. They they had to travel on the highway to get there, so it's a little ways. Yeah. Um. So right. they need to get a they need to get a babysitter, <laughs> but and they need to call up the rubber baby bubby. I knew I was gonna do it. I knew I wasn't gonna be able to say it. Nope. Rubber baby nope. bubby bunkers. Wait, no. Rubber baby buggy yes. bumpers babysitting service. Rubber baby buggy bumpers yeah. babysitting service. <laughs> and uh, Rachel, just speed my voice up so it sounds like I did that really well. Yeah. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Yeah. I'm te- I keep I'd saying, say saying buggy Rubber bumpers. baby buggy bumpers. It's hard to say the buggy part. I just want to say bunkers. <laughs> well, it's because you're in It doesn't one. make any sense. <laughs> That's uh, also very true. It's getting a little oh, cold down here. I might need got a blanket. A weighted blanket. Weighted blankets are the way to go, people. I do. Uh, so Beautiful. <laughs> they're getting ready to call the babysitting service, but before they can, Bart and Lisa are back to their old ways, and they are pranking Mo again. This time, Oliver, <laughs> close off. A little pre-dinner entertainment. Most haven't. Is Oliver there? Oh. Oliver, close off. Hold on, I'll check. Oliver, close off. Which is another. Yeah, I like Oliver. Oliver close offs a good one. It's good. I think I think we've signed at some point. Maybe not myself, but my friends have signed things with Oliver close off. um, I'm sure. (laughs) So I do like when Marsh picks it up and Moe's doing his "I'll kill ya" routine, and and she's like, "Oh yeah." I'll take yeah. this cord and shove it down your throat like, type of stuff. It, it doesn't matter. You, you, you put X, Y, Z here. It, he pretty much good. says some it every time. Good, yeah. uh, <laughs> oh, some of them are real like, good. Yeah, yeah, must be a crossed wire or something. And then she, they call back. What we learn <laughs> is that the babysitting service refuses to babysit for the Simpsons anymore because of how bad the kids are. Homer calls back and says, this is uh, the Samsons. And and the, the old Samson. lady says like it's not, uh, did, did your wife just call and then he says like it's it's uh, Samson not Simpson but she's like oh thank God so <laughs> yes yes idiot. idiot but but he does get away with it um, <laughs> apparently and just to highlight this the old lady is June Foray Mac Raining makes a point of the fact that they were able to get June Foray. Because she played which ha- she played Witch Hazel for Looney Tunes. She was Rocky the Squirrel on the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. So for him, he was like, and here's a good one for you, Rachel. She was Grandmother Fa in Mulan. So she's cartoon royalty. Yeah, <laughs> and she, uh, she, like she it, passed away a few years ago. She was 100 years old. Uh, oh. Yeah. Wow, and, good for her. And, and Macarena <laughs> brings that up because of the fact that, like, for him, it was passing the torch. It was getting somebody to pass the torch to mm. the Simpsons, and, and that would be Rocky Squirrel passing the torch on to the Simpsons was, was his thought there. I mean, right. I, they, they also, I mean, you got Minnie Mouse and, and stuff on your show, too, but, but for him, that was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. That's a personal uh, deal So, for him. for him personally. For him personally. <laughs> so, so we cut i know i you started know, it i can't I help know. it no we you know we love it we love it <laughs> um <laughs> we too are you know 
I, I, I don't think we haven't had a chance to do any other red letter media beats, but we can always do that one pretty well. I, I, there's only a small portion of the audience that understands the last two minutes of what we discussed, but you'll all be there one day. So they decide to get ready. And as we discussed before, there is Marge is putting on her makeup and Lisa is like on the bed. I don't know, being a little girl kind of. And it's just this weird like Marge has become a lizard. Like, uh, yep, this is this is lizard horrible. giraffe march, as, as he was discussing uh, earlier. But, but they're talking about how they used to go dancing, and, and Homer's a good dancer. Cut to Homer shaving, and Bubba. He's telling uh, Bart so that uh, there's not a woman alive who can resist a man who knows how to mambo. Which apparently is another Matt Groening <laughs> thing where, like, he wanted the Simpsons to listen to mambo all the time. I I guess that's a thing. Like, Matt had, has such, like, nostalgia for, like, the 70s, I feel like. And, like, and then because sure. he has nostalgia for, like, when he was a kid, it's, like, the 50s. I think, yeah, this whole this whole Simpsons yeah, absolutely. is his nostalgia. Absolutely. Well, and it becomes the writer's nostalgia, and it becomes different showrunners' nostalgia, which mm-hmm. is why nowadays you get Homer right. in the 90s trying to become a rapper. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> I do like the animation here of Homer shaving. That's a good sequence. Just the, with, the, with the shaving. <laughs> oh, I do around, love that. that. And the, the pop. <laughs> and it's like perfect. And then, he, and then it pops back into place. Yep. <laughs> Is is really good. That's a really good sequence. I like. It's a good sequence. I think I might have to put it up there <laughs> on my list. Here. No, just kidding. I'm just uh, kidding. Go on, go on. They're getting ready to leave, yeah, and why? As they're getting done. ready to leave, we get introduced to Ms. Botts, who is a mm-hmm. odd-looking character. She, She's her really boobs hang weird. down to the floor. <laughs> See, I'm such a sad like, to them. I don't know. <laughs> this character is so bizarre-looking. Um, and she's played by Penny Marshall. Penny Marshall, the uh, famed director in Hollywood. I think she passed away recently too. Aww. But I mean, it, it. So it works in this sense. So they they're leaving. Uh, she comes in with a couple of suitcases because she's staying overnight. I don't know why she needs two suitcases to stay overnight. But right, it's quite a bit. And but... you know, they tell Maggie needs to go to bed now. But Bart and Lisa get to stay up another hour and they can watch a video, uh, a movie from their video library. And it's the happy little, uh, the happy little elves meet the curious bear cub. Again, the elves, Bart hates them. Lisa loves them. That would go away. I could see a few years from now, Lisa being like, why did I ever like the happy little elves? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Bart is like, we don't have to watch this. We don't have to do this. Like, this is just guidance because he takes advantage of every babysitter. He's so used to it. And Ms. Botts Mm -hmm. is like, you're going to watch the crappy little elves because everyone always does what I say. And I don't know what happens to kids who don't do what I say because everyone does. Like, it's it's a it's a really good performance by Penny Marshall. But yeah, Rachel's making faces because it's this weird. It's almost (laughs) Disney-esque. It's super smooth animation where you see every face. Yeah. And exaggerated. 
Yeah, you see every face. The eyes, the lip quiver, <laughs> but, everything. But Bart gets intimidated enough that he just backs away and puts the video into the into the VCR, and and they decide to start watching it while Ms. Botts goes to put Maggie to bed. Bart can't take it for much longer, so he decides to be like, "We got to just turn. We got. I'm turning it off." So he turns it off, and they turn on America's <laughs> most armed and dangerous which is clearly a take on America's Most Wanted, which I think is coming back. Right. I think they're bringing that show back. But is it? For, for the folks at home that yeah. may not know America's Most Wanted, give them a little idea of what it was here. It was just a show where, and, and it, was, it, was, it was done to profile fugitives in the U.S. and the crimes that they did. So they would do like reenactments and show like the murders or whatever, but they would always end it with like showing a picture of the person. And it was for kids. It was scary. Like I remember like it turned on a few oh, times. Yeah. It was scary. They made it scary. They would like play like really ominous music in the background and the host had a good like scary right. voice. Mm-hmm. Well, like, think, think yeah. Unsolved Mysteries. It was That's also like creepy. That. It's yeah. kind of the same idea. It's like, do you know, have, do you have any, like, but information? It, but it was, but it was real. Number? Like, same these idea. were real criminals. And I think that's what made it scary. Yes. Well, so is the Unsolved Mystery. Yeah. All of it's real and it's creepy. Unsolved Mysteries like, wasn't oof. always real. No. Yes, they are. They were like tabloid yeah, stuff. Yeah. That's the whole point of them. That was the whole point of them was that they were real because they they weren't able to I challenge try, figure out this. the case. I challenge. Why I did call this person die? Why? Like, some of them. May, hey, you know what? It could be a hoax, but they don't know Folks that because home, they never solved the mystery. Please write in and let us know if unsolved mysteries <laughs> real or not. I want to. I want to win this debate. <laughs> He's not gonna win. So anyway, they decide to watch Armed and Dangerous. On Armed and Dangerous, they do the Babysitter Bandit. And they talk about the the notorious babysitter bandit, and her real name is Lucille Batsakowski. And she might be using a clever alias, and, and Lisa kind of figures it out, like, well, Bats, and it's a babysitter. So they kind of get, they start to get freaked out. Mm-hmm. And then he shows a mugshot, and it's Ms. Bats, and they scream. Same outfit and everything. Yeah, same exact same outfit. outfit and everything. Doesn't yeah, even bother, like, changing. Outfit. So Ms. Botts comes in with rope, and Bart and Lisa scream, and they try to run out of the room. Bart goes into the basement, and he's going to try to use a bowling ball to knock out Ms. Botts. But it mm-hmm. kind of backfires on him, like the shelf falls over, so he gets caught. Right. And then Lisa runs into the kitchen to try to call 1-800-USE-SQUEAL, which is the, the number... To, do, to call into the show, or to call in, yeah, to call into the show to say that you have information on Ms. Botts. And as she's doing it, Ms. Botts is pulling the, the cord. So, like, that's, and, and Lisa's like being pulled along with it. So she gets caught. Right. Too. Caught. In the meantime, Homer and Marge are dancing the mambo and going to a fancy dinner. So we get to see mm-hmm. a little bit of Homer and Marge dancing. This was another thing where Matt said that he mm-hmm. told the animators that they're a little stiff and they haven't danced in a while, but they're in love. And that was the direction he gave. They show the footage of the first time, uh, like the first animation, which w- was bad, but it's very smooth. Okay. So it looks like they know what they're doing. I don't think that the newest version has that much of a difference. He acted like it did. And I couldn't see a total lot of difference. Like they still okay. look like they know what they're doing. They just kind of look awkward because it's Marge and Homer. Right. Well, I think that's the idea, though. 
that that's I think exactly the instructions he gave. Awkward because Marge and Homer, but they know what they're doing because they like to do it. And then they go to the old off ramp in, but they miss the off ramp, and it's like another like twenty miles until the next <laughs> off ramp. How ironic! <laughs> but, but they're having a good evening, so they don't care if they have to drive slightly longer and turn around. But the point right. is that it's going to take them longer to find out that something's wrong at home because they're in the car still. And in 1990, there was no other way to get a hold of somebody. So it's not like Marge could be texting Lisa. It's not like they had cameras all over the house that she could check in on and see what was going on. This is one of those episodes that would have been impossible to happen in, in the current year. Because mm-hmm. the adults would have cameras on everywhere. <laughs> it's also very true. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I do just for the dogs, so I totally understand that. <laughs> so Ms. Botts has tied up Lisa and Bart. Bart keeps on talking, telling her that she won't get away with anything, so she tapes his mouth shut. That's a child being gagged. It's our running theme of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it is. Weird. How that Not can't come back anyone. up again. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, she turns the happy little elves on again for them, knowing that it'll drive Bart nuts. But Lisa's kind of like, just shut up and we'll try to make the best of it. While they're doing this, Ms. Botts is like going through the margin Homer's room. She's trying to find jewelry or like good stuff or whatever she can steal. And of course she's like stupid Samson's. They don't have anything good here. (laughs) Meanwhile, Homer and Marge are, make it to the hotel room and, they, he throws her on the waterbed, which again, I don't, un- like, <laughs> I do like this one because it's just like weird, the, that, yeah. like the rubberiness of like everybody. Like, ru- waterbeds are not a thing anymore, but like waterbeds were the strangest no. thing. Well, you think people maybe. still have waterbeds? I, I bet well, there's people at home, with let us know if you've got a waterbed. But hey, <laughs> I had a friend who had, her mom had the waterbed. And it was the weirdest thing to like <laughs> sit on. I could not yeah, sleep on that. Like, There's no I think way apparently I they find they found out it was like bad for people's backs. Like you'd think it would be good because like right because there's no support. You can like mold yourself into it, but apparently it's like too loose. Like it it, it mm-hmm. it's bad for you, I guess. But for every once in a while, I can't imagine doing what Homer and Marge are going to do in the waterbed, but. That's just another story for another day that can't be on a brother right. and sister led podcast. This is family friendly. Well, family yeah. friendly. Uh, <laughs> no, well, so a brother and sister matter. podcast um, can't can't discuss that. But we're gonna have to watch and read we can't and talk discuss about sex. We're gonna have to discuss sex and a lot of different things. We'll talk about Game of Thrones, oh, man. Old man Logan. Okay, so oh. Welcome in. If you didn't listen to Old Man Logan podcast, go back. If you want to listen to uh, Hulk Incest, the discussion of Hulk Incest, oh, please God. go listen to that that episode. So anyway, I do like when it's Homer said, when Marge is like, I'm going to go slip into something more comfortable. And Homer goes, oh, the, the blue thing with the things. I just like his little excitement where he can't <laughs> it's, really it's describe cute. it. Yeah. And his... Oh, yeah. <laughs> when, when she walks back out is, is funny. <laughs> yeah, some good acting on Homer her. No, well, I mean, like, I good acting by Dan Castellaneta. Like, yes, Homer's not acting. Homer <laughs> no, yeah, <is>. yeah. <laughs> Maggie wakes up and gets out of her crib because she's a genius. And she knows she can get away with it because the babysitter's here. So, like, I think Maggie even is bad for babysitters. Like, all three of them are bad for the babysitters. She sees mm-hmm. bots. 
But she sneaks downstairs, and she sees Bart and Lisa are tied up. But instead of untying Bart and Lisa, she wants to watch the rest of the Happy Little Elves. So she watches the end of it, and Lisa's able to convince her because she's like, (laughs) Maggie, do you want to watch the Happy Little Elves again? And she, she, yeah, she nods it. She nods yes at Lisa, and she's like, well, you gotta come untie me. Again, another part of, like, Maggie being super smart and super strong because... She's able to untie Lisa. <laughs> like, right. you gotta think that Ms. Botts was pretty good at tying these two up. Yeah. Like a rope knot, because a rope is hard to tie in the first place. It's thick. But she unties them, and this is where the kids decide to come up with a plan. Maggie walks by the room that Ms. Botts is ransacking, and she spots her, because Maggie's doing the... The suck sound and yeah, falling dunk. over. Uh, one of the things about this episode, it says this in the in the big book of the family. Maggie falls over nineteen times in this episode, oh, which wow. is obnoxious. Yes, in this episode alone. Holy cow! Which is wow! Wow! Oh my god! That is her I mean, shit at this point shit, is though, to fall is over. To yes, fall over definitely. and and yeah. yeah. So Miss Botts goes to find Maggie because she's going to put her back in their crib. And she walks into a room that she hears the sucking noise, but the light's not on. And she turns the light on and Bart whacks her over the head with a baseball bat, which is pretty brutal. Yep. <laughs> um, but she is a, a criminal. She's on most armed and dangerous. So, And then the kids, because the three of them together are un- unstoppable, as we learned in the last episode in Krusty Gets Busted somehow drag Ms. Botts down the stairs, tie her up, mm-hmm. and tape her mouth, and put the happy little elves on, on the TV. So they've got her caught, but they yep. need to get out of the house because Ms. Botts has ripped the phone wire out so that they can call exactly. the police. Yes. And Marge calls the house because she's like, I'm just going to check in on the kids. And Homer's already fallen asleep, so he doesn't care. And... <laughs> There's no answer because of what Miss Botts did. So now you've got Marge being right. like, well, we got to go home. There was no answer. And I also like Homer being like, well, I guess my work's done. Like, it's just like so Homer. <laughs> so the kids call the police at like a pay phone, which was a thing at the time. And I don't know if there's still, mm-hmm. there's probably still pay phones, like gotta be some there's some still maybe like at a maybe like i would a, imagine a, there's like places a, like a train station yeah train stations universities i still think by have the blue, like somewhere like specials maybe or you can i don't we didn't have a nickname for ours it was just the emergency uh, phone over there yeah, so. like same idea like that's probably like if they could have found one of those although i don't know how prevalent they are in different cities but so they run to a payphone and in the meantime which i mean if I know this was supposed to be the first episode and everything. I would have just yeah, gone to the Flanders true. house. They could have just gone to Ned's. I would have. I right. literally would have right. just gone to Ned. Yeah. That right. it's it's yeah, not established yet. yet, so it, I understand um, that. That's right. a, that is a good point because they would have gotten there way faster. You'd think. Exactly. Um, so Homer and Marge beat the kids home, and they find Ms. Botts tied up. So they untie her, and, and Penny Marshall does a really good job here of being like, please turn the TV off. Like, that's the only thing she says, because she can't take the happy little <laughs> And 
Yeah. So Torture. They help Ms. Botts to her car, and her suitcases are really heavy now. Mm-hmm. Homer takes her out to the car, and he gives her triple the money for all the stuff she had to go through because of the kids. And Ms. Botts gives her gives them right. some advice to uh, watch out for the boy. And Homer wants to tell her, like, a story, but there's sirens are hearing, so she, like, zips away really quickly. And then um, you see Ho- yep. uh, Bart leading the police back, like, I- we've got her tied up in here. And Homer's like, you know what I just had to do to, like, pay off the babysitter? And there's, like, reporters, and the police are all like, you wait a minute, did you let the babysitter bandit go? And he has to, like, make up a story of, like, it was a struggle, I didn't let her go. And so now he, he looks like a boob <laughs> to the entire community, and... Again, yes. He Again. Was, he was Bigfoot, and <laughs> yeah. Um, and now he's a boob. <laughs> um, so there, the episode ends with Homer and Marge in bed. He turns off the TV because he laments looking like a boob again, and he says, like, he's just not that bright. But Marge says that he's raised three children that are able to capture a wanted criminal by themselves. <laughs> it's true. So that's got to be something. It's very true. I believe that here's the line, actually. Let me make sure I got the line. The way I see it, if you raise three children who can knock out and hogtie a perfect stranger, you must be doing something right. right. So that cheers up Homer. They turn the lamp off, and that's the end of the season. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah, so that's the end. A little happy ending there. At least in the eyes of, at least as good as Homer's gonna get. And that is, oh, one other line that I like from this episode that I found in the book. I gotta, I gotta bring it up. <laughs> no, 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 go ahead. Homer's trying to pick out a lobster. And uh, he goes, oh, they all look so tasty, but I think I'll eat this one right there. And the maitre d' goes, why don't you pick oh, one that's yeah? a little more frisky, sir? Why? Well, when you choose one that's up floating upside down. It somewhat defeats the purpose of selecting a live lobster. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, yeah, that's one. a good one. But yeah, that is the end of the season. And that is the end of Some Enchanted Evening. Rachel, what did you think of Some Enchanted Evening? Well, like, so I said my thoughts right at the beginning. You know, I have the nostalgia for the show itself. And I do think it has a lot of points that are funny. And even though the animation is horrendous, the music is kind of over the top, everybody has really exaggerated expressions and everything. <laughs> I still like this one. I like the concept of it and I like the episode. I think it's fun. It's a nice little short, like, easy to watch Simpsons episode. Okay. All right. Yeah, I know, we, I know, we I know. We, we differ on this I, one. I, I do not like this one as well. <laughs> I can hear I it. I can much, hear it. I don't it. have as much nostalgia. <laughs> I mean, I, I can remember us watching it and liking the Babysitter Bandit as kids. And I, and I do think it's a good, I mm-hmm. almost would want them, to, I almost want them to redo it or, like, catch the Babysitter Bandit. If, maybe the ones, like, if 10 or 20 <laughs> years ago, yes. If, if. If that those writers are redoing it, that would be fun. Having the babysitter bandit come back. Absolutely. Uh, but, but yes, I, I am not as big a fan of, of this one. It, it's it's just, it's a little hard. It's a little, a little janky for you. <laughs> um, the other point of fact about this episode, apparently in the original Matt Groening script for it, at the end of the episode, this is where you were going to get Marge with the bunny ears. They took that Ooh. out. Thank God. 
Oh, I'm so glad because they <laughs> it wouldn't have made gross any and sense. Creepy and completely ununderstandable. A nod to life in hell by Macarening and and that and like maybe if they gave her like a shadow with the ears, okay, but don't don't actually give her the ears. It would just create her like <laughs> yeah, she's like a damn alien really. or something. It would freak me out. So the time has come to dun, 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 dun. reveal whether or not. The Simpsons season one, and if and if any individual episodes and the entire season have shelf life. And so I'm sure we'll discuss and, and maybe we'll modify how we do this. But I think what we're at least going to start doing here with TV shows, for seasons we can rank the episodes because everybody loves a good ranking. But then we'll also mm-hmm. say whether or not there are any episodes that individually have shelf life. And if the entire season sure. is shelf worthy. Yeah, has shelf life. As a whole. Um, mm, okay. So I can start with my rankings unless you want to, Rachel. All right, so no, I'm no, going to go start ahead. from you the start. bottom because... Oh, boy. Rankings should work like a countdown, <laughs> in, in my opinion, because... Are we going back and forth, or oh, are we going to just we, go I guess we directly could. into all well, of yours? I don't know. I, I mean, guess, I guess yeah, you well, can just yeah, tell and then me we can debate about the and then I'll tell you mine. I've got, at number 13... Homer's Odyssey. It's boring. Okay, okay. I can see that. <laughs> it's tacky and I hate it. <laughs> I'm just not a big fan. And number 12, Bart the Genius. It's oh, also yeah. pretty boring. Yeah. It has a couple... It, it doesn't really have a lot of jokes in it. It doesn't have a lot that's, like, easily Yeah, it just establishes or... some characters. Yeah. It's something... It, I don't know. It doesn't even um, do that. Number anyways. 11, I have Homer's <laughs> Night Out, which doesn't, nothing really happens in that episode. Okay. It's, there's a few good bits in it. Nothing, nothing too memorable. Number 10, Some Enchanted Evening. I like the Babysitter Bandit. Okay. There was some jokes wow. that I did like in it, yeah. um, a, as we said, um, but the animation <laughs> and the score make it kind of rough for me and some other things. Number nine, No Disgrace Like Home. I think the third act saves that one. Okay. So despite the fact that everyone looks weird um, or acts acts weird in that one, <laughs> um, true. I do think it's that true. there's yeah. there's funny stuff in it. Bits. Number eight. Yeah. Yeah, some bits. Got some, some bits. bits. Number eight, The Crepes of Wrath. I think that there's some funny hmm. stuff in that episode, but the way that Bart gets treated kind of pulls it down a bit because it's just weird number seven life on the fast lane this i could probably pull it down even further i have it here because <laughs> i do like all of the bowling puns and albert brooks is really funny but right. it it is a just just a kind of a uncomfortable episode to watch even though we do go through a lot of homer and marge stuff throughout the uh, the series but not exactly what i would call good <laughs> this is weird Right. Yeah. So yeah, now yeah, 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 yeah. I I would say that's all on one tier, and now I now on a higher tier. Well, wow, you know okay. what? I'll, I'll put two <laughs> tiers. I would say Homer's Night Out, Bartha Genius, Homer's Odyssey are on the bottom tier, and then those next four are on on another tier. And now this is this is my my next tier. Okay. Uh, where I have number six, sure, the Telltale yeah. Head. Mm-hmm, Good stuff mm-hmm. from Bart in it. So, some memorable stuff. It's a, it's kind of an iconic episode, but not nothing like too favorite on that one. Number five, sure. Moaning Lisa. I like the establishment of Lisa as a very intelligent existential character in that one. So that's where I have Moaning Lisa at number five. 
Number four, I have Bart the General. I think that episode is fun. I think that there's a lot of good stuff in it. I like the war with the kids going on. I like Nelson being the bully. I have a lot of fun with that episode, and it's nostalgic for me. Now, the (laughs) next three, I believe, all have shelf life on their own. I agree, because I know which ones you have. I can't... So for number three, I have Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire. I Mm -hmm. think it's a very good Christmas special. I think it is rough. It's rough. Don't get me wrong. Everything's rough in this season, but I I do think it works as a a very good Christmas special. It's sweet. It has a very sweet ending. And Mm -hmm. every. Homer's trying to do the best for the family, and him and Bart are trying to, like, save Christmas. So I I like that one. I think it holds up. I think it has shelf life. Number two, The Call of the Simpsons. This is just a funny (laughs) episode. It's just just fucking funny. Yeah, Um, yeah. And it is wacky. It's totally wacky. It could fit in in any other season, but it has a lot of good jokes and a lot of good bits in it. And my number one is Krusty Gets Busted. I think this fits in in future seasons. I think it's an awesome episode, to be honest. It, it It's almost on its, its own, but it, it definitely yeah. has shelf life. I think you could turn this on, and if you didn't know it was season one, if somebody else was watching it, they wouldn't necessarily know it was season one. Sure. Yeah, So that's that. my rankings. Rachel, what do you get? So I actually, I, I have something mm-hmm. similar in a way, okay? So I put... Homer's Night Out. I had it at 10. And number 13. (laughs) Yeah, so my last, like, four or five kind of are interchangeable at this point, so... (laughs) But for me, Homer's Night Out is just kind of cringy. It's one of those that just makes me feel kind of uncomfortable. Then I have number 12, Bart the Genius. Already said boring no nothing that sticks out nothing that makes me laugh in that one homer's odyssey same thing because just just blah so that's number 11 for me and then number 10 life on the fast lane i thought like you said it has a little bit more to it so it kind of has some like weird funny points but at the same time i still feel kind of gross So it, that's why it's, like, at the bottom mm-hmm. force for me. And then I have There's No okay. Disgrace Like at Home. Nine. It's, yeah, it's fine. It's in the middle, you know? It's, yeah. like, kind of, like, yeah, it's fine, you know? But at the same time, not yeah. something that I like a lot. Then I have The Crepes of Wrath. This is where it starts to go into the, mm-hmm. okay, I'm liking it a little better. <laughs> but The Crepes of Wrath is still kind of weird. <laughs> so it's right okay. smack dab in the middle. Then I have, for number seven, The Telltale Head. I don't, don't have feeling. that, like, is... I don't get that yeah. feeling for I mean, Telltale there, Head. It, there aren't a lot of jokes um, in the Telltale Head. There aren't. And that that's kind of why it's kind of... It's 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 fun because of the crap Bart gets up to. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, yeah. eh. You know, I it's I just can't, I can't, there uh, for me. I can't fault you for, for putting it there. I was, trying, I was trying to debate you on it. I was sure. trying to make this interesting <laughs> and debate you on it. But it's like, I can't really... Yeah. <laughs> now I ha- ne- next okay. I have Bart the General. Bart the General's your six. So it's it's good. I think it's fun. It's yes, it's number six for me. It's it's got it's got stuff that I like to quote, and it's fun. It's fun. So now I'm getting into my top my top guys. I think the top six is probably you know they're good. Great. They're good. So <laughs> yes, you're very good. Number five I yeah, have I as some enchanting. Evening. High, but. 
And that's the, no, the that's nostalgia fine. factor for me. Same thing yeah. as Bart the General for you. It's it's that's it's the babysitter babbit for me. And that's just my childhood. Uh <laughs> Then I have Moaning Lisa. So I have Moaning Lisa at four, and I don't know why. I feel like it's it's a relatable episode in a way. A Sometimes you just feel yeah. kind of that existential crisis of hating everything. Um, <laughs> and I like yeah, sure. Leading Gums Murphy as He's well. So man. just having him in there, man. I like him. He's a sax man. He's great. I like I like the blues. I like the music. And then yeah. So here's the funny part, Kev. Yeah, I have we the don't, same top three. Have... We only in have the like exact one same in the, order. In the bottom nine that are in the or ten that are in the same order, but the top three we have the same order. Right. Yes, absolutely. I I really like the Simpsons on an open roasting on open fire, and I think like I agree. I think it's a really good a Christmas episode. I love that Santa Lil's. This mm-hmm. is how they get Santa's little helper. It, it, it tugs at your yeah. heartstrings a couple times. You know, it's one of those those ideas and then uh, i do love the call of the simpsons <laughs> now I, I did put it at number two but i love the call of the simpsons it's it's a little wacky you like it's maggie with so the much bears. fun there's crazy things <laughs> i love maggie with the bears it's cute and i it, yeah, it, it is it's just it's a fun, fun episode and then right and then number one crusty gets busted 100 percent, 100 percent. it's this is where I, I feel like this is where they're jumping off point into being the Simpsons. Yeah. This is the episode. That's a good, point. That's a good way to put it. And I think I think this is where they kind of went, wait, this is what, this we, is, can do. This is yeah. what we want the re- the yeah. future seasons to be. So that's kind of yeah. why it's that, my no, number one. Well put. And I think between all three of those, that is that is kind of like yes. where they realize what they can do. Is with those three episodes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So, what would you say overall about the season? Do you, do you think people can put can put the box set on their shelf? You know, for it being season <laughs> one of The Simpsons, which is outrageously long and everything, I would say mm-hmm. yes. Now, here's my here's here's my thing though. I'm looking at my list. Half of the season has self shelf life, and the other half is so kind got, of like so you got here nor the there. I got half the first season of season one uh, of okay. The Simpsons on my shelf. I I uh, <laughs> I mean I own the I own the DVDs, so it is shelf I mean, it has worthy. To be. Uh, I I, I mean, granted, again, this is probably I got this for Christmas in the year two thousand or two thousand one, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. If it would have been two thousand one, I can't remember when it. Two thousand one. It's 20. Um, Okay. So this, it's my first DVD. So like I played this thing like crazy, but but I I, I will say, (laughs) I I know you did. We watched it a lot. These, I haven't watched these episodes in forever. I mean, oh yeah. Yeah. Maybe a decade, like maybe since I've been in college, I haven't watched these episodes. If this show, if our show does anything for us, I know I'm saying the line, but I, I actually mean it this time. I'm actually, this is a shoot, me saying, for for me personally, I enjoyed being able to go back <laughs> and actually watch the episodes with a fine-tooth comb. And, and maybe I'll say more of it at, in our last, episodes, last episode of the season, but being able to go through this and think about every little joke and every little thing, 
for mm-hmm. you and me, and hopefully for the listener, one, I hope that you're gaining an appreciation. Because like we said, we really are trying to tell the story of everything here for you. But right. it made me appreciate it appreciate it a lot as much as yes. and I think it's going to make us appreciate stuff that shit that we hate like utter garbage I think that some of these episodes oh, are garbage but, possibly you know. we'll find out <laughs> we'll um, find out but overall <laughs> I, I, I mean I, I own a thing so I do have to, to say it has shelf life now I'm with you I, I truly only think like a few episodes are ones that I would necessarily revisit but if I'm doing or, or recommend or recommend through the entire season or the entire series you're watching the whole damn thing. It, it, you're, you're getting the whole thing. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. With that being said, there's only two ways to get The Simpsons season one on DVD, folks. One is nowadays, as of nowadays. this recording. One is the DVD, which I don't think they're making anymore. So you can probably mm-hmm. find them somewhere. Two is Disney Plus, which our running joke if you haven't gotten it on shelf life yet is that we were at war with <laughs> disney plus because of the fact that they own all of the ip that rachel and i love <laughs> which is uh, is true they they do which is which then someone i mean obviously you could make the argument well then why don't you have it if they own everything right, right. that you like well but well there's multiple I, I, reasons and our, our reasoning is we just don't we, we have a hard time giving in to a group that, that has that much control over what you love. Now, Absolutely. I will give Disney... Yeah, yeah we're, we're kind yeah, of rebellious in that we'll way. Yeah. If not for this show, something else will yeah. we'll have us do it. But um, <laughs> if you have Disney+, Plus, definitely watch the first season of The Simpsons. Or watch... Hopefully you watched along with us. I hope it's on there. I hope it's on there. I hope the whole thing is on the there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Watch it along um, with us. Th- those are those are the ways that, that you can watch along. And I only bring that up because I will give Disney Plus this, even if there are episodes on there that that don't that aren't appropriate for the current year. They still have them up there. So at least I think they do as of this recording. But I don't really know. I, I don't know actually. That, yeah, that I might be I haven't kind seen of hard to tell because we don't have it. They don't. But I mean, this a lot of the stuff. But they don't have everything up there. They might own everything in those, like, the studios and everything like that. But they don't put sure, everything sure. up on Disney Plus all the time. Yeah. So it's, it's hard they... to tell. They, maybe they'll right. never put it up. Maybe they will. It's, it's, right. That's right. kind of a But that's why we that's why we have this show to tell you. If, if it has shelf life, you know, if you, if you think that it has a space on your shelf as well, you might need to find a copy of it so that you can keep it. Or at least the episodes that we said have shelf life, maybe you can find dig- buy, you know, digital copies or something. Anyway, that was a very <laughs> long-winded answer by me, so I might have to edit that down because <laughs> I went on a tangent. Um, we'll see. But yes, that has been The Simpsons Season 1, and I'm exhausted that was exhausting. So am I. <sighs> we yeah. just did that all in one sitting. I don't know how we got Man. that. Um, but but, <laughs> but um, yes, I don't thank either. you all for, for coming. And the words of Apu Nahaspi Mephetalon, please come again. And we will continue our journey through everything in the zeitgeist of culture here on Shelf Life. I'm Kevin. And I'm Rachel. Well, kids, that's our show for today. 
And now, in the words of Mr. Cole Porter, every time we say goodbye, I die a little. Every time we say goodbye, I wonder why a little. Every time we say goodbye.